Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcast in Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and we're finally back with another podcast. I know it's been a very long time since our last podcast, which is the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince book review, which happened last month. But since it's the holiday season, season, as my list comes back really quickly, I apologize there. Since it's the holiday season, everybody's very busy, and there's so many things that's going on right now that I haven't been able to podcast as often as I want, so I take full responsibility for that and i apologize however we are here today with a brand new episode on star wars the force awakens the commentary track i did do a review of this movie back when this came out you can check that early in the episodes that was in the very end of 2015 uh with uh justin and vicky and stuff like that and that was the our review of it now it's one year later we're gonna do a commentary track to it but every podcast i need guests because otherwise i'll be talking to myself and nobody wants to hear that so who is with me today Dakota Weekend, Tim, and breathe. I'm, I'm breathing. And breathe some more. I'm breathing. Breathe. I'm good. Hey, I was on a roll right there, man. And you it, were like, pedal to the metal. Yeah. And you know what? But it, like, I was in complete control. I was not all on the edge or anything like that. You I got don't... a little scary there with Seethen. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're really going to get on my balls because of, of pronunciation right now. Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> and there's another guest with us, somebody who's not been on the show before. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Robert Effinger. I uh, have to say I was quite inspired by that monologue you had going on there. I was like, <laughs> it was like a train that kept going. I was like, I don't know if it's going to stop or what's happening here. It's good. Well, thank you. And, uh, well, because people know that Dakota and I have been friends for years and stuff like that. How do we know each other? Rob? <laughs> uh, well, I don't remember if you were randomly. No, you were, I think Mike recommended me in college to be your roommate or something. Or yes. We hooked up somehow and we ended up living together for a while. Yeah, it was our, our last semesters at SUNY Oswego. We were our last roommates and stuff like that. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, you were the best roommate I had when I was at Oswego. And I'm not saying it just because you're in person. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could agree with that as well because I had a couple of horror stories. I won't share that here, but. No, that'll yeah. be a story for a different day. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> and plus, since I do a show about people being in Oswego and stuff like that, so maybe I'll have you on for that. So awesome. that, that'll awesome. be interesting. But since this is about Star Wars and our everybody who's somewhat of a geeky personality or geek fan has Star Wars stories when it goes back to their childhood or when they're in their teenage years or even they're being adults. So briefly, when did you first become fan of Star Wars? Anybody can take the uh, lead on that one. Okay, so when I first... My mom regrets it. <laughs> going to start off with that. Uh, she... That's the way it started. <laughs> she bought us the original trilogy on VHS mm -hmm. before the special editions came out. Mm -hmm. Like, it was the... Uh, you don't have the VHSs anymore, which I'm kind of upset about. But it was the three box sets where it had... Um, Darth Vader, the Stormtrooper, and, and Yoda, Yoda like on half shot, like half cropped on the box art. Right. Um, and yeah, we had those on VHS, and th that was before they added in the uh, all the special effects, like the the redone ones that were done in the nineties. Yeah, you know the this, these were the black boxes. Yeah, and then later on in the nineties, they had the gold boxes to yes. differentiate them. Mm -hmm. We had the black boxes, right, which were so much better. But yeah. that's not the point. Um, so we had that. We always used to fast forward the interview of, of George Lucas before the movie just to get to the movie, which of course. I regret now. No, yeah, and, and like those are on YouTube. They are on YouTube? The Leonard Malton interviews for each movie are on there, and they're actually pretty fascinating. Damn it. Yeah. Check that out. 
Yeah. Now I know why I'm doing it at work tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well get paid to watch George Lucas. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so that my mom bought us those on VHS and we watched the living hell out of them. Mm-hmm. And it was, it started a snowball effect of just pure geek. And I never looked back since. Mm-hmm. And Rob? Yeah, well, uh, funnily enough, I actually had the exact same VHS box set, and I still have it in my oh. ha- home. And, and I, I can't confirm it works for you, but I do have a VCR as well, so I don't know. Future plans. Uh, I, I mean, my, like that, that would be a, a trip nonetheless. Be like, all right, guys, putting in the tape right now. Just put the microphone up to the VAC, VCR. Just, just yeah. here, wind watch, up and everything. Watch the tracking bar go across the screen. Of, of course. Um, um, and how old were you when you first started watching it? Man, I very, very young. Because actually, you no, know, my, my dad, he got me into it because he saw the original movie when it came out. In We went to New York City to go see it, and they had it in a big um, opera house. They had really amazing acoustics and stuff. And he remember he told me that when the uh, which, the uh, big triangular ship, the, the name Star Destroyer, Star Destroyer came <laughs> over, he said he, he felt like the whole room was shaking. It was so loud when it came over. <sighs> So uh, he told me that story, and he's like, popped in the thing. He was like, okay, now watch this VHS. <laughs> um, yeah, ever since then, it's, it's been over, man. It's been Star Wars all the time. Oh, man. And I think it's funny that because it's like one of the first conversations you and I had mm-hmm. when I moved in. I was like, and because we, it's kind of like you have those new roommates. You kind of have that kind of like weird 20-question kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, what are you into and everything like that to get to know who the person you're going to be living with for the foreseeable future and, of course, geek and pop culture stuff came up and Star Wars. And I remember I was almost done unpacking, and then I completely stopped pack, unpacking just to sit down and have this conversation with you about Star Wars and our right, right. feelings on the movies and the extended universe that's now null and void with the Disney uh, acquisition of the brand and everything like that. Never dies. No, yeah. And, you Never know, and I, 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 but I still say, like, sure, like, you may not see those in affect the movies now, but there's a plethora of stories to go back and and check out, especially the Thrawn trilogy and the Han Solo, like the young Han Solo trilogy, like starting with Paradise uh, Snare. There's the Wedge Antilles, uh, like the uh, Rebel Alliance, like X-Wing series and everything like that. Yeah, if my brother-in-law was here, it would be even even like... We have entered a new realm of geekness, which I have never entered. Says the guy who's marathoning uh, Gundam. Hey! In Japan, it is socially acceptable to marathon Gundam. They have museums. Yeah, Gundam. it's also socially acceptable to buy edible panties from a vending machine in Japan. <laughs> I was going to say, if you were to really oh, call this for culture, I have no the... comment. Okay. Exactly. Is this the wrong time to tell you they're taking down that Gundam statue? <gasps> Do you not hear about that? No. Yeah, that's going away. I don't want to get too distracted, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was a part of, like, if I ever get to Tokyo, I was going to stand there and stare at it in awe. Fuck. What was the? What's the explanation for that? It's just the. Uh... I don't know. Ah, oh, Jesus. There's no. There's no idea if it's going to become sentient. And they're going to use it to crush kaiju, or it's it's just taken for refurbishing, or it's you know tacky. I don't know. The head moved on it. Yeah. Oh well, well now this is going to be a depressing uh, viewing experience for Dakota for the rest of the night now. <laughs> just break out the razor blades right now. I'm just telling you exactly. It's just going to be like that for the rest of the night. All right. And a quick word on the prequels after you saw the original trilogy. Okay. So the prequels I saw, um, I saw all but the first one in theaters. Okay. I did eventually see the first one in theaters when they did the 3D re-release of it. That that kind of fell on its ass. I mean, like... Nobody went to see it because it sucked, but... 
They should have started with the New Hope. People would have gone to it. Yes, but anyway, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I actually enjoyed the first one. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed the third one. Yeah, the second one I absolutely hated. Yeah, but I yeah I I know people shit on this prequels all the time, but I'm not hundred percent sh- sure that it deserves to be shat on. No, I mean they're not they're not great. No, they're still listed at the bottom three of, of uh, Star Wars movies but mm-hmm. yeah Nidra's, eh. all right rob uh well it's just kind of interesting because i usually find myself to be a prequel apologist because i'm always with rabid anti-prequel people so <laughs> i i think they're okay i mean like you said they're not stellar but they're not terrible movies i mean it's still star wars right yeah i mean like you could pr- i mean there are worse science fiction movies out there definitely and stuff like that i mean like like you could even like if I really wanted to like piss people off, like you could put up Star Trek Insurrection or Star Trek Nemesis against Attack of the Clones or something like that, and you right. you could probably get into a heated argument which one is better, or or you could argue which one's worse of those two and stuff like that. It's a race to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that should have been a tagline right there. Race to the bottom. No, to just going to say recently, um, the last couple of years. The best thing that came out of the Star Wars prequels was Star Wars Clone Wars. The both 3D, series. Both series. The 2D animation series and the 3D animation series. Yeah. And my God. I found si- – I'm sorry. I found the cover photo of Jar Jar Binks from the Clone Wars. I'm gonna, I will find it again <laughs> yes! and I will send that to you. There was um, – okay. So Tim and I were working on a project. <laughs> this is and, a Force uh, Awakens commentary. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll <laughs> eventually get to it's it. It's eventually coming. So Tim and I were working on it together on a project together. And I we were had some downtime, so I started – I was just starting to watch Star Wars Clone Wars, and I had to pause it at the right moment. Uh, had to pause it, and it was a Jar Jar Binks Padme episode, and I hit pause at the right moment. Padme's face is kind of like, Ugh. scared, but, but Jar Jar's Binks is like, ah! like just, just wide eyed and like glee, <laughs> and, and, like... and he's looking slightly <laughs> off screen and everything like that. And they're both like, they're both handcuffed and everything. Like yeah. they're, they're in danger yet. Jar Jar's face, it was just a perfect moment. They're like, oh, I took a picture of that, and that was my cover photo for a while. And I thought I thought that was deleted or something like that, but I actually refound it again. I could have resent it to you. I oh. still have it on my computer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but, yeah, and, yeah, besides, Star Wars, Clone Wars, I still need to watch and everything. Yeah. Like, okay, I've yet, I've yet to watch Young Justice, okay? Oh. I know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, like, I'm a prequel apologist. I've not seen Young Justice. I've not seen Clone Wars. I mean... If I go into Comic Cons uh, or any comic book convention, you will okay, be crucified. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a ginger anyway, so do it. Like they'll, they're gonna knock it. It's gonna be a suspended sentence for whoever does it. I, to don't me. Know, I feel like if you go to Comic Con as a ginger, you're kind of like giving a pass because there's freakier pe- people than you there. That's true, and I'm like, and I'm curious. I'm like, next cosplay I may go is John Constantine. And I'm like, I don't have to really dye my hair blonde. I think that I could still rock it if I just do my like hair a strawberry up, short, uh, strawberry blonde. Yeah, I could yeah. still work and. My feelings on the prequel is um, I saw the first uh, – like there was, they were the Star Wars movies I first saw in theaters. So, of course, I, they have an indelible memory with me as well as I saw them with my granddad because around the time – like each time he would – because he used to live up in Rockland County and he'd come – for summers, like ha- like one summer I would go up to him or and my grandparents for one week and then another summer he'd come down to us. It just so happened to be for those years he would like for – um, Phantom Menace and Attack the Clones. He was both here on the island. And he would take me to go see him because he was the first one to introduce me to movies and really ch- to foster my fan for film. And I remember 
seeing the Phantom Menace, enjoying it, really enjoying the pod race uh, and the duel, and of course the music. Those are like the three like stellar things from the first movie. The second one, not the greatest of all, probably the least of all the six mo- or all seven movies that we have thus far. But I remember. Movie was over. We're both in the bathroom afterwards, about to leave, and the theater right next to the bathroom was playing Attack the Clones. May have been starting like I guess an hour after us, and we're both at the stalls, and it was the asteroid field scene, and Jango Fett's dropping the like sonic bombs, and you hear like the boom, and then the like the rattling of the toilets in front of us. So we're like, whoa, and it's the only, and yeah, I feel like. Like, you put up, like, that scene and, like, maybe whatever scene from Fury Road, and you can just test drive sounds, sound systems for, like, eons to come at this point. Probably. And I always feel like that's just a tremendous scene. And now, one last question before we start the commentary. Your feelings on Force Awakens before you were, walk, you were walking in the theater for the first time. Okay, so I saw this with my brother, Zach, and we actually, I forget, we actually either saw it the Friday it came out or the Saturday it came out, very mm-hmm. last minute. But both him and I were excited but both him and I were very apprehensive about what we were going to witness. Right. Because we didn't want another attack of the clones on our hands. Of course. So we were going in there with like... Uh, Some hesitation. Hesitate, like, reser- not reserved excitement. Um, we were excited, but we were, were like on guard at the same time. Okay. So we were prepared to get butt fucked, but we were also prepared to have like orgasmic experiences. Okay, <laughs> those are pretty polar opposite uh, feelings, but okay, I'll but go that, with that. But we were like we were ready for polar opposite <laughs> reactions, so those are pretty extreme. I have to, I have to. It's Star Wars. It's it's a special place next to your heart. You gotta have to. You're gonna be a little bit more emotional than normal, of course. So, but yeah, we were a little bit apprehensive going. But, I, but I love how like being butt fucked and orgasmic experiences are very close to your heart. And Rob, your feelings as you're going into the movies. <laughs> um, well, you know, as someone who consumes all things Star Wars, including the extended universe, and boy, there's some bad stuff in there. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of set myself up in, in a way for failure because I set my expectations way higher than any movie could ever achieve. Of course. So there would be some amount of disappointment, and I knew that going in, but I was, what am I supposed to do, right? Like, I haven't seen new Star Wars in forever. It's I've been watching it, all the stuff closely, mm-hmm. keeping track of who's writing it, who's starring in it, and, like, not pouring over everything. So, eh. But anyways, yeah, but I was still excited, obviously, because this is, you know, the first Star Wars that's coming out in a lifetime that I had, like, any agency over. Because normally, when you're a kid, you know, your parents take you to the movies. Mm-hmm. This time, I'm like, yeah, I'm an adult going to the movies to mm-hmm. see a Star Wars movie. You know, uh, the, the release of the pre... Yeah, the release of Episode One, notwithstanding. Of course. Yeah. And one last thing about the prequels before I talk about my Force Awakens theater experience. Um, I didn't see the, the Revenge of the Sith with my grandfather. I saw it with, um, or my granddad, I should say, with my sister and her future husband, um, Sister Stephanie and her, hus- and her future husband, Fred. And the three of us, it was opening night. We saw Revenge of the Sith. And I remember the one experience that him and I had and well, that bonded us forever, as in we were not bonded for life anyway, for just being pretty much brothers at that point. It's... When Palpatine informs Vader that um, Padme's died, he breaks the shackles of the operating table, Mm -hmm. stumbles, and he screams, no. Him him and I are the only two people laughing in that theater. We (laughs) lost it. And we're like, and not just like, ha, 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 ha. It was like, (sighs) 
holy crap, that was terrible. And we were like, whew, okay. And we were like, whew. Well, that happened. And I'm like, wow, this, this movie ended on a high note, but in a very different way. Oh, man, and that was a hilarious moment. All right, for Force Awakens, I saw it with my ex, and we're driving to the theater, and we went to see it because we knew to go to PJ Cinemas in Port Jeff Station because I knew it's a small theater. I figured not many people would be going to that. Everybody would be going to the flocking to either Regal Cinemas, AMC, or Island 16. And I know your feelings on PJ Cinema. Is not I'm surprised mistaken. you hasn't, didn't catch an STD when you were sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it the is kind seats of like- are just... I don't know. Like, there's like heroin needles sticking out of them. <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, I've okay. It's like a now thinking cushion. about it, I, I've seen. I, I saw. I saw Force Awakens there. I saw Spectre there. I saw Batman v Superman there. I saw um, Civil War there. Spectre, I was not the biggest fan of. I did not. I had a really bad feeling like seeing Civil War, and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with Civil War. Anyway, you so. want to know my two movies experiences there? Oh, I know the two experiences you've had, but please tell me again. Captain Phillips, where I awkwardly had to hold my friend from crying well into the end credits. (laughs) (laughs) And The Fault in Our Stars, which once again, I had to awkwardly hold my friend crying well into the credits. Yes. And so, but on the way to the theater, we're coming from a different direction because we knew there'd be traffic around coming from, so we decided to come from Mill Country Road instead of like going down to 347 and going down 112 that way. And so... And I missed, we, I missed our turn. And we're, it's getting short on time. And so I'm just like. You were supposed to be paying attention. What? And so I, we start arguing. And I pull a goddamn Yui and I'm just 60 miles an hour and like zipping in and out of traffic at this point. Gains was like, Dual Fates like playing in the back of your head? No, I, I did have Star Wars music on. I had the uh, asteroid field scene from Empire Strikes oh Back God, playing. Yes. <laughs> Because I'm like, all right, this is the only way to get truly psyched up, and it's probably the top five tracks of John Williams' uh, um, score and everything like that. So I went into Force Awakens angry, but still excited. And then, like, at that point, it's kind of like you ever see, like, in like in movies or, like, in um, videos of, like, women, like, in labor, like, holding their husband's hand, like, they're breaking their fingers. Like, that's how I was when the credits rolled. I'm, like, breaking my girlfriend's fingers. Like, oh, my God, it's a new Star Wars movie. And then I had a very similar experience with Batman v Superman. I'm like, oh my god, it's Batman Superman. Girl, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster is, are accredited. So is Bob, uh, Bill Finger. I'm happy. <laughs> anyway, so eventually we're getting to the commentary track right now, everybody. If everybody's made it this far and has been like, when are they going to start talking about the Force Awakens? This was the Force Awakens commentary. 18 I'm minutes in, we're finally talking about I'm Force listening to two guys, three guys bitch about their fucking feelings about Star Wars. I don't give a shit. Talk about the stupid movie. All right. If everybody wants to sync I masturbate up- with my own tears, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sad... It, 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 it is frightening how accurately that voice like, <laughs> personifies a segment of the internet for me. Like... I, yeah, like, like I feel like it's some Reddit commenter who's just typing two fingers, just saying that to themselves. Like, okay, well. It's glad you do not actually post on Reddit, though. <laughs> God. Yeah, but like, it is scary that, that we do understand the the voice of the internet and, every, and and all of us facets and everything like that. So, if you want to sync up this commentary track with Star Wars: The Force Awakens, uh, put it in put it in what would be Blu-ray, digital, or or a DVD or anything like that. Get the timestamp zeroing. Get ready to press play when we're ready. Now, fellas, are you ready? Yeah. Well, now. <laughs> now I'm all. 
Yeah, Jazzed isn't up, like, the internet exactly. just hates us. <laughs> Dakota? Yeah, I'm giggling about what I just said. <laughs> oh, I mean, masturbate, masturbate with your own tears. I mean, like... It's the only lubrication I can afford. <laughs> because the rest of my money is going to Monster and my WoW subscription. <laughs> oh, the movie has to start. I've killed Dakota. Oh. Oh, it's going to be a good night. Oh, man. You see, this is what happens when we don't podcast for a while. We just come... Just completely loopy. Yeah, and or like if we if we podcast too often and everything like that. And we completely... Um, we're shot and we're... It's prisoner and you get, of yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban commentary. And we're just kind of lethargic. Oh, the and entire... look, here's another fade out. Yeah, it's... Oh, Harry's fucking angry. Again. Great. When the fuck is this movie? <laughs> like, I feel like a Dementor now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... Everybody press play now. And one, two, three. Ah, ah, ah. Down, Chocula. It's so pretty. Lucasfilm, and that's Lois coming up. And I long time... started hitting my brother in the like in the arm as soon as I saw it in the galaxy. A long time ago, a galaxy far, far away. And a thousand hundred million boners just popped right here. And then, but then those those boners were slightly subsided. Like, wait, where's the 20th Century Fox logo? And you're like, oh wait, oh yeah, it's no longer part of them. Oh, <laughs> episode seven, The Force Awakens. Yeah, I remember watching this, and I said to my girlfriend, "If there's not a ship flyover, I'm walking out of this movie." <laughs> <laughs> it's either a ship or or a planet. Where it's one of the two things we're going to yeah. see. And and of course, unlike the prequels. It, this crawl sets up everything perfectly with the first line, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Ooh. Oh, that's not good. Oh, shit. And then it goes on to tell about the First Order has risen at, in the wake of the Empire, the Republic. What? Now, uh, uh, Leia Organa is now General Leia Organa. And all that is not hyphenated with Leia Organa Solo, so it goes to show you how their marital status is the beginning of this movie. And Leia has sent the most daring pilot on a secret mi- mission to Jakku, where an old... Allah has discovered the clue to Luke's whereabouts. Jakku, or a.k.a. Tatooine 2. Yes. Oh, don't worry. We'll be too. Uh, okay. Might as well get this out of the way. This movie is so... Has a lot of the same beats as A New Hope. Your feelings on that? Eh. You don't have a problem with it? Well, you understand where why. Yes. They were playing it safe. Because we don't want to do another prequels because everyone's going to hate us, and then the rest of the movie, next two planned two movies are going to suck because just by like association, right? And this is opening with the with the planet and then the bat, the starship just like oh, suck it, motherfucker. And but the the, the the biggest question is now: Will eight, eight and nine now rehash Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? Mm-hmm. No, I don't believe so. I hope not. I, I mean, that's the biggest fear. They were they got their feet wet, and now it's like okay, we established the original characters, we established all the original stuff. Now it's time to do our own thing, and mm-hmm. this is fucking awesome. Yes. I don't care. I remember um, yeah, this, is, this is primo. I remember when like after the first trailer came out, and um, a lot of the parody videos started coming out, and somebody did like a Disney version of Force Awakens trailer, <laughs> and and, they, and like. Uh, like when Ray's on her speeder and she's riding off towards the like town, it shows the uh, Walt Disney Castle. And when they cut to the inside of the uh, dropship of the stormtroopers, they had goofy uh, face uh, um, 
logos on the stormtroopers' helmets, and like somebody put like Goofy's laughter as the strobe lights are coming on. So it's like, like click 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 a goo hoo And it, it got to the point that I was pissing off my ex all the time, just like I want a Goofy stormtrooper now. And, and imagine like, <laughs> especially in this scene, like as the stormtroopers are gunning down the villagers, I leaned over to her, like I started chuckling as Goofy, as people were getting mowed down, like <laughs> massacred. Oh, Gorsh, we massacred these people. <laughs> I thought this was a tickle gun. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, BB-8, the new R2-D2, the new Han Solo, and Mox von Sydow. Or Lassie. What is it, BB-8? Jimmy fell in the well again? Hey, I What? Man. <laughs> hey, man. You, you know I don't speak Spanish. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> you pooped in the refrigerator and ate a whole wheel of cheese? I'm not even angry. I'm, a, I'm impressed. Max von Sydow is starting to look like his character in The Exorcist more and more every day as he gets older. Yeah, that's like a frightening reality, right? Yeah, I'm just like, uh, is he like if we see him in George? If anybody sees him in Georgetown, everybody's like, just keep a watchful eye on him because he may die uh, defending uh, himself against a uh, demon. Yeah, right. Oh, this is awesome. And just from direction alone, how the storytelling is being played out visually in comparison to the prequels. I don't want to just make a simple comparison to the prequels, but you can tell JJ's Abrams's heart is in trying to tell the story as visually as possible. And it's not just a few people standing around on couches and everything like that. And how dynamic his camera movements are, as well as how, and yeah, and how the practicality of everything is just something to be admired. And the fact that it's not shot digitally, that it's shot on film, both 35 millimeter and uh, IMAX footage. It shows that there's, there's the stamp of quality that digital has not been able to replicate or come close to. I mean, you could argue that anyway, but like, there's a certain feeling that you get from Star Wars movies being shot in film. It's going to be a little different now with Rogue One coming at that being shot digitally on the new Area Alexa and everything. And it's going to be interesting to see how the image looks like when theaters. And just off that about Rogue One, did you hear what George Lucas said about his viewing of it? That he enjoyed it. Though he, th- I don't know if he was joking or not, but he's like, I think it's a waste of all these practical sets. They should use more CGI. Really. I didn't read the full. I, I just heard like I just heard the clip notes of it. Yeah, no, he said something to that effect. Hmm. I don't know if it was a joke on him or not, but yeah, yeah. Like a self self deprecating joke almost. Yeah. yeah, because like what was it? Because they Star Wars like YouTube page just put out a video of like all the creature effects they did, and all right, the prat- right, right. practicality they wanted to bring to it. But practical effects look so much better than CGI anyway. Yeah, but and, but yeah. there's also times the things that CGI can get right that yeah. practicals can't. You look at Gollum being the biggest example, or but the fact that you, all these stormtroopers are not CGI, unlike all the clone troopers in the prequels. You yeah, know? your eye can tell what's there and what's not. Right, and you know it's like CG has always been good at. at animating non-living things yes yeah. so and like any background is fine to be cgi but yeah it's when which you have the individuals that are animated like it doesn't always work you have to have a really talented uh person doing the uh so the capture effects to yeah try to make it look good and, and uh, there's only like there's two elements that cgi can be hit or miss and that's fire and water yes because correct. i think it's just, just humans are so instinctively know how the properties work mm-hmm. and how they react to the environment so it's kind of like that seems that wave is huge, but that doesn't seem like it has a lot of mass and et cetera, right, et cetera. Right. And yes, yeah. and now we have the uh, Darth Vader. I mean, uh, Kylo Ren uh, coming in to introduce himself after a victory for the First Order here. You know, something that can be said about this movie is that 
despite the fact that, yeah, it hits a lot of the same beats as the original trilogy, it is very successful at feeling like Star Wars. Yes. Which is difficult, I feel like, when you're so detached from the series and you have a new director. It's like, Mm -hmm. can you emulate what Star Wars is? And beyond, like, the film aspect, like, the sort of elements of it, the style. Right. And it feels like Star Wars, at least. Yeah, and I think it's because... Star Wars like the first one to have that kind of lived in quality. Right, correct. That like you you look at you think of uh, all science fiction movies like you think of science fiction movies before that, the high benchmark was two thousand one, a space correct. odyssey. Yeah. It was and everything pristine. was everything was pristine and like it worked for that movie. Mm-hmm. You look at Star Wars and how it had such a lived in quality and it kind of like, Oh, I do not recognize that but I feel like that place is real. Right. Side note, that is just I love how the, he uses the force to stop this blast shot it is awesome. And I mean, Something we've never seen before. Yeah. Which, like, some people thought was a part of their contention. is like, all right, he can do these awesome things with the force, and yet he doesn't use the force that, that well, like, in the end of the movie and everything like that. But stop, before we get back to the previous conversation, I love this moment here between Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver here. I mean, like, this movie, like, and you have the moments of, like, humor. It's the subtle humor to break the tension. That's not like, hey, it's poop jokes or anything like that. Oh, it's or I'm stamping my foot or anything like that. It's organic and everything like that. Phasma, what a waste of a good character. I hope yeah. that she has to come oh, back damn. in the next one. She has to come back in the next yeah, one. Yeah, well, I mean, do I have, is we worrying about spoilers on this? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, the movie's a year old at this point and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, when she dies, like, god damn. I don't think she does die. I mean, yeah, there's no, so you don't see the body, right? Of course. Classic comic book rule. Yeah, you don't see a body, the person's not dead. Even if you do see the body, they'll they'll probably come out. She got out of the compactor chamber probably just fine, and she's with Kylo and Smog, Snog, Smog? Snoke. Snoke. Wow, I suck at that. (laughs) I start with an S. S, Swamp, Swami. Maybe it's on the briefcase. Oh, yeah, Samsonite. Snog, Swog, Samsonite. Samsonite. (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah but yeah uh phasma uh phasma was like the biggest like let down yeah because they like like built her up so much and like okay all we saw of her in the trailers is exactly what we saw of her in the movie and you get such a no pun intended a big actress from game of thrones yeah. to be to yeah. play her and everything yeah, like it's that. almost like they were hoping for the uh boba fett effect and it did work kinda <laughs> because both it did get does get taken out kind of like a yeah, punk bitch in Return of the Jedi. No, but we we know him in um, uh, Empire Strikes Back where he actually does his job. His, his job and he's yeah. actually kind of badass. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's such a shame, you know. And it, it, I think it was, it was telling when when the character died. I was like, oh, what? It's the snow. Yeah. Get back. And, and of course, like it, we'll probably see her in dinged up armor, and she's probably gonna beat the everything shit out of Finn if she not runs into him. But yeah. it's not like she's like too shiny right now. It's kind of like almost like a like a matte silver or anything like that. Yeah. And then we have John Boyega as our emotionally conflicted uh, stormtrooper here. Yeah. I, I always like the when like making fun of the trailers for this. It's like, does this guy like have asthma or something? Or, like, is he always working out or running? Because he's always sweaty. He's always breathing heavy. <laughs> yeah, because oh, it was every trailer. Yeah, every trailer. Like, it's just him, him sweaty. exacerbated. <sighs> it's like, dude, calm down. You need, like, a Coke or something? 
like like that would calm him down. Just like it would calm me down. Well, yeah. As I drink my super big gulp of Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> and we're finally we introduced to Ray, our female protagonist in the movie, pretty much the star of this movie. Yeah, I would say star. Of the hey, movie. This is pretty much her story because the, the Force awakens in her. Yes. Though everyone assumed it was Finn. Yes. Because we were introduced to him first. Yes. No, I do have to comment. You know, she, Ray is amazingly well adjusted for. If you so, there's that one scene when she's scraping when we get there. She's scraping like the years on the wall. Yeah, she's like really normal for having this like awful childhood that she, yeah. you know, alone slave labor. Yeah, she's like, hey, just a normal person. But uh, but I also love that moment earlier on when she's like cleaning up the parts that she's taken from this uh, derelict uh, star destroyer, and she looks at the old person doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Yes. And she realizes like, oh, I'm gonna be this person uh-huh. if something doesn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. This is, and, this is a cool scene. Oh, yeah. When she slides down that uh, mountain, the mm-hmm. only bad thing is, like, every morning she has to climb up and drag her shed or her sled behind her up that mountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's got to be just a little, like, uh, it looks like it sucks. Yeah. But a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. And going back to me saying, like, having a lived-in quality, like, you, then you see Star Wars comes out. That's a huge hit. Then you had Alien. Then you had Blade Runner and Outland. Oh, and yeah, every Blade science Runner. fiction movie after that had that kind of lived-in quality, yes. that certain aesthetic. And something that I'm so happy that this movie uh, has in spades, that, like, everything does – like, sure, we have the advances of digital technology, but we don't let that yeah. – um, Yeah. The Star Trek in the background. Mm-hmm. Is there, or is that supposed to be a super star destroyer? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Because I think it was only the one. I know there's classes, but I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head what they are. It's we not are like geeks, big, but, we're, but we're not. It's not the big flat one where it has more edges than the, just a normal star destroyer, you mm-hmm. know? So. What do you mean, like the Dominator and the Imperator? Two, two star destroyer classes? Yeah. I told you, man. EU. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> Oh not man! <laughs> not that the not that it makes any difference in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, just like like her and like this moment right here. I was saying like like oh man, she looks like she's been here for sixty years doing this. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think when Star Wars needs to do it, it shows like Cor- like Coruscant, for example, is very clean. Yeah, which it should be, right? Yeah, because it's the height of the Republic. It's the height of progression at that point right and then you have you know the, the dark underbelly the tatooines and stuff which right is, and the jacuzzi which is great and fun fact the person who's selling off the the selling of food here uh in in that costume it's simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. no way yeah Damn, and i think it's because him and jj Abrams are friends since uh the he did his first movie which was mission impossible 3 huh. and they became friends on that and I think Bad Robots, like, or at least Sky Dance, has been part of every Mr. Possible movie since then. Simon Pegg's been in all of them, so I guess they've been... And as well, he's in the... He was Scotty in, in the Star Trek movies, right, so... yes, yes. It makes sense for him to be in this. And it's kind of like... This is real. Yes, yeah. I, I, I read an article uh, just about how they came up with this, like, nutrient cake. It was, like, fascinating to... Uh, they had, like, went through, like, a bunch of recipes, like, oh, this rose too much, or oh, this is too thick, or, like, this didn't work. It was crazy that they went through all that trouble just to get you know this one throwaway scene well not throwaway scene obviously it's important but mm-hmm. and of course we have like ray here longing to leave um jakku but she's just waiting for her family and i, and I always love this little moment here when she just puts on the old rebellion uh like uh helmet 
It's not Luke Skywalker's helmet people, by the way. He did no. not fight on Jakku. No. And apparently, in the novelization, or like, and as well, I think it's Lost Stars, the Battle of Jakku happened not too long after the Battle of Endor, and the Empire is now the First Order, and the Republic are now in a standstill. So it's like a Cold War situation right now. And that came out of because of the Battle of Jakku. Actually, that's interesting. I didn't actually know that. Because this movie, unfortunately, does no establishing as far as, like, the relationship between the First Order and the Republic. And it's kind of a detriment. Yeah, because when... Well, I don't know if we're going to see it, but when the the super new Death Star, or not Death Star... The Starkiller Base. The Starkiller Base destroys the Republic planets, I'm like, okay, so... Yeah. (laughs) Who are these people? I mean, like... They just hated the the Republic. That's about it. Yeah. 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 And they used a billiard ball of... Doing it of just like killing off, destroying all the moons and the surrounding systems oh, of that, that area. Should be a Family Guy thing. Right? That must have been a parody like, of it. And then like an eight ball rolls into a whole pocket. It's like ah. Oh. oh man! And then uh, of course we get the first little bits of uh, Ray's backstory that she's classified and big secret. Then she's supposed to be waiting for him. Kelvin is the name of I think that was the. J.J. Uh, Abrams' grandfather's like made a name and everything like that, and Kelvin showed up in every movie he's been in. That's why, yeah. um, like the little ship that goes from the Enterprise to the Romulan ship in uh, Star Trek is called the Kelvin and everything like that. And the more you know, <laughs> <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Oh, G.I. Sh- Joe! I've been uh, on a kick lately about that. Yeah, and you know what? I'm just like. And, I, and, I, and, and, and every time, time I, say, I say that, I'm one inch, one step closer to Tim stabbing me in the chest with like some blunt object. I'm gonna make sure it's a GI Joe uh, official object just to make the irony even <laughs> just better. Just like the old like action figures. Just <laughs> you want so much? Yeah. Uh, it's just like cause of death. Uh, 1970s GI Joe action figure to the chest. <laughs> it's the original. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like a lot of Oreos. Like he died, but he getting stabbed with GI Joe toys, huh? Well, that's way to soldier on. <laughs> what a way to soldier on! Vague, crappy dialogue. We're about to find a dead body. We never do. <laughs> oh, wow. I love this scene too. There's so many good scenes in this movie too. On top and of, and of course, well, we have Kylo Ren here showing his. Power of the Force over anybody around him. And his strongest Poe is in just character and everything like that. <laughs> we will not be intimidated by thugs like you. You know, you remind me of my father. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw that gif it was just like... Um... When you go to Taco Bell and you're all blocked up. And it was just like him screaming. Hey, it's Bill Weasley. Bill or Charlie? It's Bill. Bill Weasley? Yeah. And uh, What are you doing here, Bill? It's murdery now. He's not Gryffindor. He's Slytherin now. What the hell? It's funny. Like, he was in, I forget the actor's name, like, Donath, uh, what's his name? Fact checker right here. Fact checker. He was in Ex Machina with uh, Oscar Isaac. and right. And it's a good movie. Yes, a tremendous movie, and and one of my favorite movies of last year. And I'm like, wow, that was really good. And I'm just I don't know how to pronounce his first name. It's Donath. Domnall. How do you spell it? Into the microphone. 
D O M H N A L L Gleason. D Gleason. <laughs> We're just going to refer to him as D Gleason from now on as if he's a body. <laughs> There's been so many memes I've been seeing because of this movie. And then, like, I saw a meme of like, her grabbing all the food right there. It's like finals week, and it's just, just grabbing all the food that you can have right there. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> They're like, even Ray knows, like, oh, there's probably something a little not right about this. Like, they wouldn't give up this much food for this droid that seems to be innocuous. What a jerk. He just closed business on everyone else that was in line. Way to fucking be. <laughs> Are you telling me that an alien, is, that that alien is not nice a person? Well, his mother probably thinks he's a really nice boy. Yeah. I and mean, he's just making a living on a very <laughs> desolate planet. It's hard. He's providing for people. He's too. providing. He's prov- he's giving the food to the needy. <laughs> and once again, he's fucking sweating. I mean, have you? Are like, those suits not climate controlled? I doubt it. I mean, wh- I, I I don't think the Empire can spare the budget. I mean, you, all Do these you gigantic see how big that base construction projects that's got to eat into your bottom line. It's like, well, they could sweat a little. I mean, I would love. I, I can see it as a Star Wars parody. Just the Empire's accountants. Yeah. Just surrounded by paper. Just, just like just pulling hair out <laughs> clumps at a time. It's just a scene from Schindler's List when they're putting more and more names. It's just trying to figure out, all right, how many more? How much? Where can we cut funds to put another Death Star? All right. I know I know this one was kind of blown up. But listen, listen. What if we do another one? How are we knowing that this one's not going to be blown up? Because we make it. Wait for it. Bigger. Exactly. <laughs> Emperor Smeagol wants something done here. You mean Snoke? Is that his name? Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm dead. Uh, 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 Doth Plagueis? I mean, wait. Oh, no. Yeah. Mace Windu? Uh, uh, pff, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this moment here. Of, like, uh, <laughs> They're a little stuck right there. And that's another guy from Game of Thrones. I forget who. but I... And they're keeping in with the tradition that all the all the first order, all the bad guys are British actors and mm-hmm. mostly Americans for the resistance or AKA rebellion. Except in Rogue One, that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Wilhelm scream. Ah, uh, Wilhelm take, scream. Take, take a drink. A drink. <laughs> oh man! Hand motion only plays to the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, yes. His, I don't think a tie fighter ever looked so cool. I mean, I love New Hope and Darth Vader's tie fighter, which is a shame they never brought it back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that never was more like a bomber setup, though. Yeah, but we didn't have a second cockpit or second. All right. Geek uh, credit uh, checker. What does TIE stand for? Oh, damn it. I know this, too. Uh, I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. I'll let you <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, I, yeah, I did see that. Are you watching? I am watching. I'm still waiting for an Are answer. Are you watching? I'm waiting for an answer. I fucking don't know. Twin ion engine. Yes. Which... Side note, ion engines suck at propulsion, so if it was really twin ion engines, they'd be like, <laughs> I, I just wanted like a really big picture of space and just a tie bar, just yeah. slowly let's make it away across to Alpha Satori, just like, all right, we'll be there in like 10,000 years. Can you just kick it into hyperspace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh man, and of course we have, of course, D. Gleason is General Hawks, which is our Gen- uh, Governor Tarkin uh, stand-in at this point. 
Yeah. Not as classy, but he's got a no. Quite, I mean, quite a large boots to fill in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's in the big. I think that's the biggest. Well, they didn't know they were going to make another Star Wars movie, so I understand why they killed off Governor Tarkin right, in A New course, Hope. Of course, it's just it's the biggest regret because Peter Cushing brought so much class and elevated that role. Oh yeah, beyond just a oh, yeah. lackey. I mean, he was chewing up the room any any scene he was in. <laughs> Evacuate. And now I'm going to triumph? I think you're giving them far too credit there, sir. Like, in uh, the Clone Wars, and even in Star Wars Rebels, uh, they bring back Emperor Tar- uh, bleh, Governor Tarkin, mm-hmm. or, or Grand Moff Tarkin, yeah. for geek speak. Yes. Um, they bring him back, and they, it is in the image of Peter Cushing, and it is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know... Not the same gentlemanly like i'm going to kill you with just words right now. yeah but it's still pretty he looks i looks really good i mean he could just be so seemingly threatening and yet in control the entire time yeah like he does he can rip you to shreds without raising his voice i mean that's why you look like he start like his biggest break before that was the hammer movies in the 50s and he played both van helsing in the dracula series and frankenstein in the frankenstein series and in the frankenstein series he was the villain yeah. And how creepy and cold he was, and that pretty much played into his Grand Moff role. And of course, back to the movie that uh, uh, Finn, now uh, um, the Stormtrooper now known as Finn, now I just feel like he's Prince all of a sudden, <laughs> the Stormtrooper now known as as Finn. What did you seal? <laughs> Uh, 2016, go away, Prince, no. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry, there's been so many celebrity deaths this year, I've lost count of who actually died this year or not. Damn, I cannot wait for the... Oh my god, the Oscars for next year is going to be just like, the memorial tribute's going to be oh, like... The Oscars well, this year, like, just to begin this year, was just like, okay, we lost a shit ton of people like the first, like, three months of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was bad. Though I will say, I, who's the, the new Moff Tarkin? What's his name in this movie? I... I just escaped, General right? Hux. General Hux. Yeah. The the interplay he has with uh oh my god, these names Kylo Ren. How did I see this movie today and forget? With Kylo Ren. <laughs> uh like their sort of like antagonism. I like that, and I hope that going forward they really play on that. Sort right. of like the military grounded aspect and this guy with this, you know, fancy space magic. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be, um, replicate uh Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader, but right. that was more Darth Vader had control like had respect for Grandma Tarkin right, right. though he knew more than Tarkin did yeah I mean like, that's the thing with Darth Vader in the first one he was more he was a, a lackey at that point to Grandma Tarkin he never like raised his yes, voice yes, or anything yes. to him but like 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 Darth Vader showed his power against the other governors that were in the the Darth the Death Star throne room, Death Star like in right. conference room. Vader, release him as, as you wish. wish. As that's when he knew when he was saying "as you wish," he was really saying "I love you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Princess Bride references it's starting already. <laughs> <laughs> we're only forty five minutes in. We got we got the first "as you wish" in there, um, but he respected and and like like. When, like, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin's like, oh, we're going to genocide this entire planet. Darth Vader's like, okay, I'm behind you for that. I'll, I'll get a high-five you as soon as Princess Leia's out of this room. No balls. You're not going to blow off that planet. Oh, don't make me do it. We're all fully operational. He just, like, swirls his finger over the button. I bet you I will. <laughs> do it. No balls. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like your lack of balls, Vader. Just put the fucking butt in. <laughs> and, 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 like you said, in the moment here, like where, 
even here, like as much as powerful as Kylo Ren is in the ways of the Force, that Hux is like doesn't really show too much fear with him, but he does fear Snoke. He does have that right, moment of hesitation, right. like he does not want to get into the hair of the or lack thereof. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I mean, I, I kind of like that dynamic they have Maybe because too. it. It, it it kind of gives the the regular people in the in the new order sort of some more agency. Like, look, man, you could do your crazy stuff, but also we have all the ships and all the soldiers, and we're in charge here. Yeah, like this is our operation, despite what Snoke says. Right, which is cool, and that's what the, you're right. This is what the original trilogy was, but we never got to see that play out over more than one movie. <laughs> so hopefully now we can get that full arc. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Mexico City. <laughs> a kidnapping. <laughs> Tijuana. <laughs> a ki- uh, meanwhile, mid kidnapping attempt. Hey, you. Hey, do there. <laughs> I love how like he's going to save her initially, and then he realizes that Finn's like, oh, like, oh wait, she can handle herself, and then how terrifying she becomes as soon as she starts running at him. I was so happy when, like, one of the other apprehensions I had going into this movie was BB-8. Right. Like, are we going to get another Jar Jar on our hands? Are we going to get our R2 on our hands? Right. Or are we just going to get something unique? And I did think we got something unique. Mm-hmm. It is closer to R2. Yeah. Uh, but it is something very unique because BB-8 is its own personality. And yeah. Some of the yeah. stuff between BB-8 and Finn later on is hysterical. Yeah. I feel like they give BB-8 more presence than R2 had. Right. Definitely. I think it's that's the power of hindsight that R, since they had um, after the Star Wars movies and stuff like that, and somebody who grew up on Star Wars movies like J.J. Abrams did. I mean, like, you look at R2, yeah, like, R2 does some really cool stuff in A New Hope and everything like that, but he's right, like, right. and sure, he is our eyes for the first part of the movie until we meet Luke, mm-hmm. but he's not the focal point like he would go on later being like, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and then eventually in the prequels where he became maybe too integral to those movies and stuff yeah, like that. In set points, yeah, for sure. Jet packed uh, R2-D2. What? Oil slick fire, lighting fire to things? <laughs> we owe you our lives, R2-D2. Padme, clean it. It's like, just because I'm a queen at high doesn't mean you get to order me. Clean it! All right, I'm, I'm going to beat Kira Knightley when we're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> I love this over here. Like, well, this is what we look like. <laughs> and I like the fact that she's allowed to keep her posh British accent. Yeah. And John Boyega also being British, like he has, he plays in his American voice and stuff like that. Yeah. Which he was on uh, the Graham Norton show, uh, which is a British talk show, which is by far the greatest thing on BBC America. More than Doctor Who rebroadcast. This is the best talk show you'll ever see. That, other than, like, yeah, I mean, like, other than when Craig Ferguson was running the Late Late Show, this would probably be yeah. my number two. But he, uh, he said that pretty much when he was given, said you're going to be in Star Wars, he's like, that's great. What role am I going to play? You're going to be playing Finn, the only American accent. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I love this moment here when, like, he grabs uh, Ray's hand initially, like, run, and it's like, well, stop holding my hand. And it's very awesome that we see a very strong female character, and we never call attention that he's a female. No, no. And we, and we never, and I think that's how they should be played. 
Yeah. Just be played as a character. Correct. Yeah, because Princess Leia was always the princess or yeah. her majesty or, you know, just... Yeah, your worshipfulness. <laughs> I mean, that's why I love... I mean, 2015 gave two... Gave us two great female protagonists in both Rey and in Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And, um... Well, 2016 Rogue One. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm looking lead. forward to that. I mean, um... Uh, that's another movie I'm like apprehensive about. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I was like really excited because I heard it was gonna be like darker and grittier because it's a side story, so it could be. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff that's surrounding it and some of the news that came out of it, like when they I heard they had to do a lot of reshoots, which every movie honest, does. Yeah, which every movie does. But the thing is that it was a lot, and so some people say, "Well, it's just that happens." Yeah. Other people are like, "Well, now it's the end of the universe." So like, I don't. Yeah. Now I'm back to you. I'm like, ah, he's just <laughs> like my brother was I describing want, I want, like. like it. Like I heard, like a lot some of the reshoots were to tone down the violence. Yes, that's that is another problem. Because it's yeah. like my brother Law was describing it, the one who I saw Revenge of the Sith with. It's like yeah, it was like same proper Ryan of Star Wars movies. Like that's how the movie opens up. I'm like, all right, I gotta understand why they wanted to do that. And okay. of course, we have Millennium Falcon. Yeah, when here. they introduced the Millennium Falcon here, I think I verbally just like I, I think so many people cheered in the theater when I first saw it. Yeah. No, but, I mean, if they did a R-rated Star Wars movie... I'd buy the deep Blu-ray of that. Oh, my God. How many people would go to see that? A lot, yeah. yeah I, I mean, like... It's, it's totally, tonally sort of it, it different than the movies. I mean, the extended universe has gone that gone places there, but I yes. feel like most people's experiences would not be that, and that would be very different and awesome. Yeah, I mean, you could do the PG-13 cut for the theatrical mm-hmm. and do what Batman v Superman does. You do the R-rated cut for the Blu-ray... And people will show up in droves to get that. Right, yes. I mean, like, I think the last time I checked, I think this was back in September, like, Batman v Superman did $66 million in home video alone. That's a lot. Yeah. and then, killing it. And what was it? Uh, last week, uh, BVS premiered on uh, HBO. It was the number two most watched show in America behind, I think, college football. So, granted, that was the theatrical cut, not the extended cut, but it's like... As you sell, I'm a big BVS supporter and everything like that. So I'm just like, give it another chance, people. Uh, trust me. And we are this now into the big awesome. Millennium Falcon uh, so fight scene. That was in that was in the trailer, and I saw that, and I'm like, all right, you got me. Yeah, just that I'm, one I'm shot of like, oh, okay, right, well, okay. Was it last? This came out what last year? Yes, last year around this time, right before the movie came out, the final tra- full length feature trailer that came out on Monday Night Football. Did anyone else cry while watching it? I, got, well, I, got, I did get kind of yeah. I did definitely got kind of emotional. Which one? Which one was the Super Bowl trailer? Was I, the was it the short one? Was, Only like a minute the thirty. It was Monday Night Football, short, right? It was a two, no. It was the, it was two, the long one. It was a two-minute long. Oh, one. okay. Yes, yes, yes. Where is that? With that just sweeping, brilliant John Williams score, which you can't get, you can't buy anywhere. Really? Which the, which track the, is it? The uh, the, the, the commercial. Full length, um, full length theatrical trailer melody that they had. It's on the album. And isn't it just repurposed from Return of the Jedi? No, it's different. There's heavier drum. It's heavier, like Hot and Zimmer drums. Yeah, and, gotcha. And, and yeah. Just, yeah, it's it's definitely different. Yeah, okay. I mean. That seems like a weird thing not to include in a, in an album of the movie, right? Yeah, the soundtrack, yeah. It's like, unless huh. it's like a deluxe. Soundtrack. They'll probably put that out. Ten years now, like right now, like one of the things I have on my Christmas list is they there's a releasing company or La La Land Records who puts out um, uh, CDs from movies like soundtracks that are not readily available. They're usually a limited releases, like 
they put out the Batman the animated series uh, music and everything like that. Um, and they recently, it's a 5,000 unit only. The full scores to Jurassic Park and Lost World and like on a four disc set. Wow. And like that's the one thing on my Christmas list. I'm like, and I, I specified like, there's only 5,000 units available. Please. You don't have to get me anything else other than the gloves I want to wear while I'm running. It's like those two things, I'll be happy. You don't have to get me anything. But I'll go on about music in a second. And you have this like action scene here. I mean, this dogfight is really awesome. Yeah, and it shows that the the First Order's uh, pilots are not completely incompetent because it's so easy to fall in that trap. Like, oh, these are just oh, these are like na- these are faceless bad guys here. We can mow them down left and right, which is right. kind of like the stormtroopers are in these movies, sadly. Yeah. Well, and there's there's also a way to do it where you can show the skill of the pilots of the Millennium Falcon while also showing that they're competent. Yeah. But if you just they just get like the slightest edge rather than. Like, ah, they're just flying into walls and, yeah, yeah. 16-car cop pile up. <laughs> exactly. And, I, like, the first one, like, it's, this is a scavenger plan. Like, the first TIE fighter crashes, breaks apart, and you see scavengers running at it. And I wonder, since the cockpit is still intact, do you think the guy's still alive in there? Maybe. And I wonder, is he cannibalized by the scavengers afterwards? By eaten? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends what alien, kind of alien you are. Right? I, I mean, like he's three portions. Well, I mean, like <laughs> I mean, you don't have to pay for your food anymore, and that guy's shack is kind of destroyed. I mean, if they're of a different race, is that really cannibalism? No, delicacy. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> um. These are all good Star Wars ass names. Yes. Finn, cool. Ray. You want, you want to have a good time? Go to Star Wars name generator. Spend <laughs> so many apostrophes. Okay. One thing I do want to point out that, like, maybe a little bit nitpicking, I guess, in a certain way. Um, it kind of the size of Daisy Ridley's forehead. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I love this scene, by the way. Yeah. Like, it shows how angry he is. Uh, no, but like it's always like love oh, Daisy Ridley's forehead. Just saying. By the way, I'm just like I like it. This one. I didn't, why, I didn't, like some. I think like on his trailer, there's somebody made fun of like, like look at the size of her forehead. And I'm like, it is like <laughs> some like neck beard in, in a uh, basement dweller made made that joke. Anyway, go on. No, but if it falls under the modern movie trope, where uh, action movie trope, where you're going from one problem to the next problem to the next problem to the next problem, there's never a, like a quiet. It always, never a lull. Never a yeah, lull yes. because like they just got off Jakku. And they had like, oh, I'm Finn. I'm Ray. <laughs> oh shit! There's a poisonous gas leak in the Millennium Falcon. What are we gonna do? Like, I just feel like that—that—that's a trope that they like. They don't let it to breathe. Yeah, and I think so. If if they had taken a little time to that, yeah, I agree. That was a big complaint. But if they'd taken some time to breathe, you could have baked in some of that backstory with like the First Order and the and the Republic and all that. It's like that would have right. been a good. You could have had a good a good quiet moment to sort of set up what's happened beyond contextual clues and some dialogue that you see. Like, if, yeah, if they hadn't been so frenetic the entire movie. Even, like, Mad Max Fury Road has its moments where it breathes. Yeah. Sure, it goes from problem to problem to problem. Correct. Going, the story going A to B to B to A, but there are moments of calm. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's funny, like, what this moment here when uh, BB-8 gives him, like, the thumbs up, I'm mistaken. I thought it was the middle finger at first. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> now you're not gonna be able to see it. You're just like, just like, just like, like flipping the bird. Like, all right, I see how it is. <laughs> I'm pointing to, but I'm not actually looking at. <laughs> oh, going back to what, like, what I want to say before do you think John Williams' score for this movie is a little lackluster you want to start you can start All right. uh, well okay so here, I'm two minds of it right yes I think it is a little bit lackluster but at the same time like look what you're working with right like how do you beat what he already it's already so great yeah I understand that and I mean like I think it's because we have such a high expectancy for him and correct, then you got to take correct. into the account of his age yeah. At this yeah. point. Yes. I, I would agree. It's a little bit of – the score was a little disappointing. Race theme is by far the best theme in this movie. I, like I would argue maybe Snoke's. But that's a rework of Darth Plagueis' theme. Yeah. Like, which leads to so many theories about that. Yeah. I mean I guess it's his age playing, playing him, but – I mean so much so that that's why you didn't get a chance to do Bridge of Spies. Yeah. And – I forget. Uh, Bridge of Spies was fantastic, by the way. Oh, you did see it? Yes. Awesome, wasn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. No, but um, no, but uh, John Williams' score in this movie, I, yeah, I still think Ray's theme was the best theme. But, I mean, you go from the original trilogy themes. One of my favorite tracks is Into the Trap from uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But the asteroid, be- asteroid field theme. Yeah. Um, binary sunsets. Yeah, binary sunsets, yes. But I also think <gasps> that... Oh, Chewie... We're home. And three billion geeks in the world just completely orgasm at the same time. I mean, like, I think just had that first trailer ended with that. Oh, my God, yes. And, like, my cheeks were hurting because I'm smiling so much at the end of the first trailer because of that. But go on what you were saying. Go on with my John Williams thing. But I feel like, going back to, like, kind of prequel talk, I feel like the prequel scores were actually very underrated. Yes. There were some amazing tracks in there, especially the um, uh, the droid army in the first movie. Yeah. When they evade Naboo, that theme is just so awesome because it's like, okay, if you're just listening to this track, it, shit is real because this is a real threatening force with, the mar- with that marching theme and then obviously dual fates you have. Of course. But then the quieter... Um, quieter uh, chorus stuff that they had uh, later on the series, uh, like in especially Revenge of the uh, Return, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. that that like some of the chorus things were in like the birth of Anakin and Leia, that the underlying chorus, the, the bounty hunter chase. Yes, that was a, that's an excellent one. Even yeah. if you just do it by itself, like it just has a good rhythm and it just it's long, but it feels like a long drawn out chase and yeah. like. That's stuff's awesome, man. Uh, I, I love like actually there's a little piece for the end parade or the end of Phantom Menace where it's so yeah, the one triumphant. the Gungans play yeah. in triumphant. Yeah, which, then that is kind of the, how it should have ended in Return of the Jedi instead of the yuck yuck. I, I like I yuck, like yuck. I like the Ewok song in Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know what? You like the prequels, but Ewok song, that's it. Uh, right. No Ewok apologies uh, here. I, 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 I draw mean, the lines. Now I'm really going to get attacked at the next convention <laughs> I go to. Um, and I love the uh, – I know it's kind of a reworking theme, but when Anakin goes out to look for his mother and he's on the speeder bike going yes. across the, the desert to Tatooine, oh, yeah, and I love that. Um, and going back to Force Awakens here, we have this moment here like brings up Luke Skywalker. You wonder, is he mad at Luke? Right. 
is he because of what how Kylo Ren turned out? And he's probably dealing with regret because he is his son, but he did trust his brother-in-law to help push him in the right direction. And look what happened. Right. He ends up going the way of his grandfather, like Anakin. But doesn't Snoke somehow get a hand of Kylo before he completely goes? Presumably that's how we turn. That's, yeah. that's what led to him and the Knights of Ren massacring the rest of the students. Yeah, or there's found some deep, dark Sith artifact, holocron, you uh, know, uh, Jedi bullshit. Like, who, like at this point, who knows? Some, I, Jedis have holocrons, Sith have something else. Yeah, it's I stupid. It's both. They're both holocrons, essentially. Yes. Just one's a pyramid, the other one's a cube. Yeah, what, what is, well, the holocron wasn't, like, part of the splinter of the mind's eye, or the, no, the uh, splinter of the... Oh, where it, where it came from, or the idea of it? Yeah, yeah the idea of it, like that there was a crystal that that had control of the force and everything. That was like the first publication of after oh, it, the crystal that had the that, that's the um some yeah. some the redditor neckbeard that we Kaiba crystal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, I had like, to go back to Yu Gi Oh in my mind with the, the Kaiba. As a blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> And I don't know why I always love this exchange here with the the, the gangsters coming in. <laughs> you can't trust Contra Club. I never dealt with Contra Club. Tell that the Contra Club and turn to the left, and there they are. Yeah, which this movie has Harrison Ford being the most Harrison Ford in years. In, yes, in a long time, <laughs> which is not a bad thing because he's it's great. It's, yeah, I know. It's the personality. More Han Solo and more Harrison Ford, the better. Correct. Yes, but um. Wow, seeing that word written out. It's very different than everything I expected. I suppose, yeah, that's a Star Wars name, all right. Yeah. (laughs) This is like his channeling, his Indiana Jones right here, just like, oh, I'm in over my head right now, and I have to get out of here. This is the kind of stuff that when they do in the Han Solo prequel, I hope they... They kind of emulate how it's just like, just always making the one one deal too many. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and of course, Lando would be there to be the smooth criminal to him and everything exactly, like that. Exactly. Which also good casting on both main leads. I yes, think. I am so excited for the solo Han Solo movie. Yes, yes. Done by the guys who did the Lego movie. So. Oh no way! Really? Yeah. So um, so I I have high hopes for it. <laughs> <laughs> and quickly, I know I've talked to you about it. I don't know if I showed you. Have you ever seen the claymation stop motion claymation Han Solo short with him and Chewbacca? Um, this is like how pretty much some uh, arts art school did this short where um, this is pretty much why Jabba Jabba Hutt is after Han Solo. No, I don't it's, it's him disposing of the load he had because the Empire was on his tail. Yeah, and like there's this droid, this assassin droid that right. is like. As the Rathos like, atta- attack yeah. and start eating Conjure Club and the rest of the other gangsters coming after Han Solo. This is, this is what Pac Man should look like in real life. Oh, God! <laughs> Not not the one that came out in the movies recently. Oh. That's that's that horrific movie was called. 
I don't want to co- really pixel peep or anything, right? Anything, no, but no. Uh, I, I, my my cousin was watching it, so I sat down and watched 15 minutes of it, and I was like, I'd rather just walk in circles <laughs> than watch this movie. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Going back to what you were saying before, like just like out of the frying pan into the fryer kind of moments that this movie has, like it has. Do you think this is a detriment of having this these monsters escape? I think this is a means to. <laughs> this is a means to get out of a nearly impossible situation to get out of. Right. But beyond that, too, it's like, okay, so the established Han Solo has this big base, and it's a good way to, like, remove that. So yeah. they're more nomadic, I guess you can say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, okay, go back in there, because it's giant Cthulhu monsters. Yeah, which I don't love. I understand why this is CGI, but it looks CGI. Yes, you think they should have had close-ups of actual practical effects to really sell the fact that, like, him almost getting eaten, kind of like... You have, like, the giant hand grabbing uh, Luke Skywalker in the Rancor pit. Then you had the full shot of the puppet and everything like that. And showing, like, having something practical there on the day to have them interact with and stuff like that. Instead of a completely CGI'd character. Yes. yes. I, is that, these are... Those are probably real tentacles. Those those like, are, like rod those puppets look, or something like that. Those are practical. More practical. They, yeah. It's hard to tell, but they definitely look. Because low light... No hide, dark, hide low light red low light with red uh, like hides a lot of stuff yeah, but, yeah. That, this is the part in the movie where I was like <gasps> because Chewie gets shot no <laughs> which it, it is good to have bad guys that in Star Wars that are not completely awful at everything yeah it's like wow okay so these guys are dangerous bounty hunters <laughs> and I, re- I realized this watching this the other day shooting the blot, the um, mechanism to a door in Star Wars either closes the door or it opens the door. It's, it's whether it's convenient for him. So just roll the dice. Exactly. Does he hit? No, he does not. Oh. I was thinking that because it's almost a cliche at that point. Like, it's not working. Let me just hit it. Now, it's something that's boggled my mind that, like, we have not had a Cthulhu, we don't have a Cthulhu kind of franchise going on in our hands right now and stuff like that. There's so many HP, or just saying, HP Lovecraft stories not being made these days and stuff like that. And obviously, this is a bigger budget movie that can afford to make creatures look like that. Why hasn't there been more adaptations to HP Lovecraft stories? Well, I mean, honestly, if you want the sort of attitude of... So, like, part of the, the, the problem with HP Lovecraft, right, is that most of the the sort of horror aspects of it come from the fact that you almost never see any of the monsters. Right? And it's, like, it's indescribable the horror. Right. That's like, that's the always thing he would say and drive everybody mad. Right. So I, I feel like almost Cloverfield might be the closest you're going to get to that because the yeah. monster is almost never revealed or just like very barely. They're like a Death Star. <laughs> what? No. Hey, look, the Emperor. Star Killer Base. Luke, Star oh, Killer. Silly of me. There's like, there's like a sign and guys like pushing it over. <laughs> <laughs> Death not, Star Mark II. Not Death Star. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to you about this, Dakota. I feel like uh, I'm going to ask the question to you, Rob. Do you think Andy Serkis will eventually get a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Academy? I think he will, but he'll have to die. I don't think they'll give it to him in his lifetime. I think they're too old and stubborn to give him what he deserves. I mean, like, I mean, like Sidney Lumet, director of things like 12 Winger Man, Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, and a plethora of other things, he never won a Best Director Oscar. He mm-hmm. was given a Lifetime Achievement Award before he died. Right. But I'm saying, like, 
you don't think they'll give it to him until after he's passed. I mean, it, it, it's gotten. It was. I felt the same way about Leonardo DiCaprio. It got to a certain point where I was like, he'll just win it after he dies. Yeah. As like a cruel joke. I think it'll be the same way. It's unfortunate, but I just I don't think some things can be moved. You know. I'm gonna piss people off, but Leo winning the Academy Award was a sympathy. It was the wrong year. Yeah. It was the wrong. He should have gotten it for the movie. Aviator. He yes. should have gotten it. And like uh, the Revenant, it was an absolute wrong year. And I'm like, I enjoyed the Revenant parts of it and everything like that. But I'm just like, if I was paid that much to roll around the snow, the mud, and the water, and speak German, and, and just be yeah, and just be uncomfortable, I think I could probably pull off a, yeah. a credible performance, especially if I'm shooting in those conditions. Yeah, I think nearly every other role he was nominated for previously would have been better choices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted they were up against tough competition, but yeah, yeah he'll be in another good movie. Yeah, I'm just wait another year. Yeah. He's got a documentary coming out soon. Yeah. Um, hey, um, look, it's the Enterprise. I mean, it's the Millennium Falcon. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought we were at warp for a second. <laughs> I mean, speaking of kicks in the teeth, right? He doesn't win. He he wins an Oscar for a documentary, not for a film. Like, boy, that would, that would just almost be them sticking the finger at Leo and be like, I, I ah, mean, here's your Oscar. <laughs> Never forget how powerful Chewie is. And I just love this moment here. <laughs> just how pleased with herself that she's doing that and is kind of looking for approval right there. Because <laughs> she's she, not going to give it to her. Because she's not had a real pr- a move ball. I haven't had a parental figure in her life for how many years at this point? Most of it. Yeah. yeah. Count those slashes on that wall. And, and supposedly this is the same game that was going on back in A New Hope. It's finally completed now with the thing getting back up and killing it. Huh. <coughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the name of that, that game is. I know there's a lot of Star Wars games. The Jarek, which is like a chess game. Right. And I don't know what that – I forget, that has a name. I forget what it's called. I mean, I, I bet you there's three-deck chess, like – that Star Trek is. There's probably a Star Trek brand of three deck chess or something yeah, like that. that. That's supposed to be Dejaric. Right. Because I remember in. So we're going to get real deep for a second here. I remember in Knights of the Republic 2, one of the characters describes it as you play and you can't see the other person's pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I don't know. Like Stratego? I guess. I don't. Look, a man. Look. Okay. My knowledge only goes so deep. <laughs> I was just saying, like, you were, you were, you were comparing classes of uh, Star Destroyers right here, so I figured, yeah. like, right, at this I'm point, like, I mean. Look, I got you how to play it, okay? <laughs> you don't have pieces. What more do you need? Uh, I, that's true. Hey, it's our first real big exposition dump since the, the crawl. Yeah. No, I do all the memes that came after this scene. Such as? Like, it's true. All of it. Even the prequels? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Han Solo with kind of back to like longish hair. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess I'm so used to seeing him with Indiana Jones with his shorter hair. It's a little weird to see Harrison Ford with longer hair. Yeah. Just, uh, all of it. The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. All of it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, if I got a box set of Indiana Jones, I'd be like, eh, it's just it's throw I, I am a defender of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I have a review of that, by the way. Check it out. I'm going to unreview it. Delete a hateful comment. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a B on it because it's just like, okay, there's a lot of flaws with the movie, but is it really bad? No. But here's a question for you guys. Do you think Harrison Ford prefers acting as Han Solo 
or Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah. yeah because he wanted to kill off Hansel back in did, Empire. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, he said that he is willing to keep doing Indiana Jones, so that proves how much love he has for one character. Well, so the other. we'll see if we're getting into Indiana Jones. Well, Spielberg has it written out, and it does star Harrison Ford. He wants to have an equal number of movies between Harrison Ford and Tom Hanks. I, he said that. Spielberg said that. Oh, oh, okay. Because he's all right. Same for Ryan. Catch me if you can. The Terminal. Bridge of Spies. It's four. Is there? Am I missing one? I think you are. It's like four movies. Harrison Ford. Five movies. Tom Hanks. What's the fifth one? Fact checker. Fact checker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love this moment here with Harris, with uh, Han and Finn here. Women always find out the truth. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you get when you have Lawrence Kasdan back writing these movies who wrote, co-wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, wrote Return of the Jedi, wrote uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and go on to write like things like Body Heat and become a director himself in Silverado and many other things. <laughs> Don't forget the safety. Yeah, if he didn't have if, he, if the safety was off, that was a really dangerous move with that hand because I'm looking at it, it was like that's right on his head. Yeah, if she like got a little fidgety, then like mm. yeah, <laughs> it's curtains for you, pal. I, I mean, like how would you feel like you have survived everything and it's just a weapon malfunction that kills him? That'd be like Steve Irwin level of irony right there. Uh, yeah, that is the ultimate irony, right? I mean, you you, you wrangle with so many dangerous uh, things, but it's something that rather innocuous kills you. Six movies. Six movies. Wow. So what are they? I'm looking. <laughs> we have Saving Private Okay. Bridge of Spies. Do, 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 do. I'm reading the article as I'm going. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but Damn. the article leads off with six films that prove Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks' partnership is unrivaled. Right. So they worked in six. six. Movies. Okay. Four. Just trying to think now. Six movies. Saving Private Ryan. So we got two. Band of Brothers doesn't count. They produced that together. He wasn't even in it. That's not a film. It's a miniseries. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. The Terminal. The Terminal. Pacific doesn't count. No. He wasn't even in that. No. No, he was was another producer. He produced it, yeah, but they both produced it. That's four. Yeah, where, where are the other movies, GQ? Fuck you, Clive Owen. <laughs> hey, look, it's the cantina. I mean, I mean, oh, wait, no, it's just another bar. Is there a giant cricket here? I wish there was a giant cricket here. Like, how also would that have been? That and the wolf. Hey, there is a wolfman looking, looking thing right there. That's a boffin. That's a boffin. That's a boffin. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Soldier Man. Star Wars lore. Han. Walk up in a club and be like, what up, I'm Han Solo. <laughs> And of course, like you say, Maz has been around for a thousand years, stuff like that. So it's interesting to see, like as she says later, like I've seen the same eyes and different faces. Now she's just talking about like personalities or actual re- reincarnated people, right there, where she's being rather vague. Like this movie with this exposition, kind of set up of this world. Yeah, I mean, you can easily hand wave it away and just say the force. Yeah. Right. I mean, because the thing is, like. A lot of the, a lot of the issues people have brought up with Kylo and his powers and stuff like 
if you bring in anything outside of these films, you can easily explain away almost every problem that Kylo faces with his powers, with yeah. his, you know, his angstiness. Yes. It's very easy. Within the film's canon, it's a little bit more difficult. Right. But, you know, you could say, like, oh, he doesn't have very control of the Force. And it's like, well, the historically dark side are too passionate, so they don't they don't control the Force. That's what the Jedi's purview is. And, like, but, again, that's, like, Jedi code, Sith code, like, way right. EU stuff. So, you know, because they disavowed it, it's like, well, how much... How much hand waviness do you want to use? Yeah. I mean, I think the best thing about this, Kylo Ren is Anakin Skywalker done right. Yes, absolutely. Somebody who's impulsive, powerful, and impressionable. Yes. yes. And and I think that, and like, and obviously like he's being pulled back towards light because he, because he's a good, because he had a good upbringing and everything like that. And just has good genes in him, but he's rejecting them, and it's kind of like, like, it's kind of like people like he's saying like he obviously idolizes his grandfather who was Darth Vader, and you kind of think of it as like people who are like grandchildren of like members of the KKK mm-hmm. or of the Nazi par- party or anything. Right. These like neo Nazis and stuff like that, and like so much so that we have a very like uh, address of Berlin that we have at Starkiller Base in a few minutes. Uh, I will point out to you. Yeah, oh my God, the Nazi overtones. I, I mean, it's not even overtones. It's not subtext. It is pretty on the surface right there. I think so much so. Oh my God, I did see somebody took Hux's speech and put it to footage of, of a Hitler address in Berlin. Uh, the Reichstag, nice. And, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is this is hilarious and incredibly inappropriate. Yes. No, yeah. It. I, I think that. Kylo Ren's issues are like really a the 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 personification of a young person's problem, right? Who has it's like they have big shoes to fill in that their grandfather was Darth Vader, mm-hmm. but they they may not necessarily be he may not necessarily be a bad guy. And I wonder if the redemption arc, if they have a redemption arc in the future, will do more with the fact that he realizes that like he was trying to live up to a legacy he never could right rather than necessarily like oh snoke lied to me it's more like i lied to myself kind of deal if you know what i mean now the question is a lot of ways you can take it very clearly yeah i mean the question is can you redeem him in the audience's eyes true yes i mean i mean i mean they made a point that like kylo ren makes a choice to kill han solo later spoilers um because he knows he's being pulled towards light like oh i'll do something really dastardly to make sure to solidified that I am part of the dark side. I'm going to kill my father in a very... I don't, I don't even it's say fl- the passionate way. It's words. a flashy way. Yeah. Which is like... A, it's like a thing a young kid does. Very dramatic. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Yeah. But but it's like calling out to attention to himself. And that's the, that's the struggles of a young person. I like to think I'm... And the question is like... Adult. Now, like... If they try and redeem him by the end, would you be okay with that, or would you want him to be like, no, let's ha- keep him as a villain and have him go down Your as thoughts, a villain? Yeah. They're going to redeem him. You, they've set it up in this movie. He's trying to be dark. He's trying to be dark, but there's that pull to the light side. There's this constant pull to the light side. He's going to be. He's going to redeem himself. He's going to pull a Darth Vader by the end. He's probably going to be the one that kills Snoke. But will he die in the process in order to really probably? Save- now. Do you think that's kind of a disappointment? Like, is it just a repeat of Darth, Darth Vader? Vader. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he wants to be Darth Vader, so let's kill, kill him like Darth Vader. I mean, that, that's one of the best things about the Thrawn trilogy when we don't have, like, which was 789 in fans' eyes after this. And it's kind of like, 
and Master Sabaoth, like, kind of, like, very different from the Emperor and how that journey is uh, with um, Mara Jade, conflict of, of being the Emperor's pupil and right. having this kind of moral code because of um, Talon Card and how her feelings towards Luke Skywalker are muddled. And everything like that, like wow, I am, I am, I know I'm going deep into the Thrawn trilogy. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting my brother-in-law and I to review the Thrawn trilogy book by book and everything like that. So well, eventually, we'll be done. Sorry, oh, I did your fact check. Did more fact checking on yeah, what the fifth Tom Hanks movie of Spielberg is. Yeah, and it's a short that came out in 2008 called A Timeless Call. Huh. All right, technically five films. All right then. Because it's four with Spielberg films with uh, with um, Harrison Ford with the four Indiana Jones, Jones movies. movies. All right. Sidebar. Fifth Indiana Jones movie. What do you want the artifact he's going after? I have three. I have I King mean, Solomon's Diamond Mines. Okay. Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. Excalibur would be cool. Or Atlantis. Not Atlantis. Atlantis is one step too far. That's one step too far That's for one. me. It's that, I know. That, okay. the Granted, bottom was. Crystal Skull Aliens. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm setting myself up for failure on that one. But <laughs> like I say, but. Excalibur would be awesome. Excalibur. It goes back to the religious roots of the first of the first and third movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But we gotta play. We gotta do. We have to placate to China. So it's gotta be a Chinese uh, relic and stuff like that because we'll open China and make a billion dollars. Then do uh, the Mars sword by um, a, I think Attila the Hun's Mars sword. Oh, yeah. ooh, King Charlemagne's sword. That would be good. I still remember my Charlemagne. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> we wrap it all around. Oh, my God. By the way, uh, going back to the actual movie. That we're <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, we got lost there. I apologize. But it kind of goes back to Spielberg. When Ray first hears the first noise, uh, immediate thought was uh, the slave children being whipped in Temple of Doom. When, yes. You know how Indiana Jones hears the, like, <gasps> Because that was goes so investigate. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's such a similar setup, except there's no um, big burly men beating on small children. Okay, but all right, now you take the you take the build up theme in Halloween. You put underneath this scene. No, no, like dun, dun, dun. Like how terrifying is this, this scene? That the right music for this could be horrible, horrifying. Yeah. It's like, all right, so let's talk about the scene for a second. So this is like the weirdest to me. It's the weirdest scene. I don't understand what I'm supposed to think about it. I don't. Like, even now, you go ahead. A lot, of, a, few, a lot of people do. I mean, there's a wooden crate. There's a wooden box, a literal wooden box that... Does anyone else think that wooden box in the Star Wars universe just kind of seems wrong? Oh, no. I mean... Yes. No, no. Uh, yes. No, no, no. Um, Obi-Wan's chest was wooden. Yeah, but Obi-Wan's old. So is Maz. A lot older. That's true. He's like Clone Wars old. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he listed for Ewan McGregor and Yoda in this scene. Watching it with subtitles, you actually do label it Yoda Obi Wan. Yeah. 
It was Obi-Wan saying Ray. But Obi-Wan yeah. said something before. There are your, these are your first steps was Obi-Wan. <sighs> yeah, I didn't see. I didn't. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And, and now in the subtitles, like, oh, please, please bring back Ewan McGregor for a, mo- a solo Obi-Wan movie or... Ewan McGregor was the best parts of the prequels. Yes. He was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I, I think he did a great job. Can we not talk about Quiet John and Qui-Gon for a second? Liam Neeson was great. Quiet was amazing, too. He okay. was great. Yes, I agree. No, but you're right. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. He, he personified, like, Obi-Wan and just, like, Jedi in general. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. It was great. Yeah, this uh, even, even – okay, so that so the subtitles do help add context. But even so, like, I, I, when I, when I remember when I first saw that, I'm like, so – I understand they're trying to like tell me what happened, but what am I supposed to think about it? Like, it I, obviously it's sad because these these Jedi were killed, but like, is she, how does she is she rejecting it? Like, why does she come in and it's just like, hey man, this this is what's going on, and like I I understand this. I don't under, I'm in confusion. I'm just confused, I'm torn in all the different directions. Now I understand like Luke had visions of his friends in pain. We never saw them. Yeah, but that was Anakin saw visions. But that was Anakin was a fully trained Jedi at that point. Yeah, Luke was training with Yoda and just opening up to the Force. Right. Ray, Ray doesn't know she's a has the Force within her. Yeah, within Maz her. obviously has the suspicion that she does. Yeah, I mean one of the beauties of and sidebar Maz looks fantastic as a CGI creature right here. I, I do agree with that, but that was the all motion capture. Yeah, so. but um. What was I saying? Uh, One of the best parts about uh, Star Wars Clone Wars was they inter- did inter- more to the passive, more to the fan that I am, not like go out and read all the books. They do introduce more. I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a passive fan because I do follow the movies religiously. Look, just call me crazy. It's okay. Just call me crazy. It's okay. I don't mind. I know I'm a weird person. <laughs> Okay, but still. Uh, <laughs> Deutschland, that, like, Deutschland. Before we get to the Nazi party, I am not a member of the Nazi party. I was Sweden. All we had was yodeling. Yodeling? What do you want? They do introduce in like Clone Wars like Force-sensitive beings. They don't actually control the Force, but they do. Ha- but they sense it and feel it. Another like sidebar, if you don't know anything about the Nazi party, like, say, let's go to the Nazi party. It sounds like you're going to have a good time. Anyway, it's not a podcast until the Nazis are brought up. Can I take your hat, your coat, your, your swastikas? swastikas? <gasps> oh, there, there was a whole oh, rally. rally. They were Everybody was out. wearing them. <laughs> to the Frost Order! Speaking of uh, Nazi overtones, the scene in, in Indiana Jones when he with the book burning. That was, great. that was a great scene, man. He sure. signs the book. See Kyle. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, people. I know. Even, even the because all the. I mean, in, in fairness, from the original movie, all the no, sli- the well, styling was very Nazi German. Yeah, I mean, like they're like the only pure villains you can really do that to anymore. I mean, the only, Correct. And as Craig Ferguson, there's only two groups of people you can make fun of and get away with it: it's Nazis and Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking of which, why don't they all get like vaporized by this giant death laser? Being that close to it, they're I don't know. Not that far. Oh, also, why can they view it that close without their eyelids being burned out of their skull? I asked ours. Yeah, lens flare. <gasps> Only like one of like one of three lens flares in the entire movie. JJ is very he contained himself to this. Thanks, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> Indistinct screaming. Ah. When you wish <laughs> upon a star. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this. Meanwhile, on not Coruscant. Yeah, this scene just. Man. It's so disappointing. Go ahead. You don't. You really don't feel anything for these people. Nope. Not and at all. the thing is, the Republic's entire naval fleet is there. That means they're back to a rebellion now. Yeah, and, and that's another. That's another thing that it really doesn't get brought up. Yeah, and it's like, and saying like, it's not saying that we we still really enjoy this movie. Believe me, we we enjoy the hell out of it. And of course, we're like, there are there are because no yeah. movie is perfect. Absolutely not. No. I mean, even, not even Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back has its plot holes. I'm sorry to say. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Armor's too strong for blasters. Kaboom! It blows up. Yeah. Case in point. Well, it fell down. It was damaged and everything like that. And they hit it from the top. He hit from the neck area. The neck area was unprotected, and the belly is usually made with a soft titanium. Why don't you fucking know that you fucking fucktards? Yeah, am I supposed? To? I think I think I'm supposed to be that guy, but he, I don't get that. I don't get that bad. I'm not gonna go correct people on on, on the internet. I'm like, dude, you know what? You want to you want to live your life that way? That's cool. By all me. means. I'm breaking the world. I'm breaking the Guinness Book of World Records for longest fingernails and most time lived in a darkened area. God damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hear that every time I, I read anything on the internet. Now, just gonna you're gonna narrate it for me. Uh, oh god damn it! There's voice to your pain. Oh god damn it! Oh boy. Man, no. Especially, I love this one shot where it goes. It's the, it's pretty much the apocalypse now shot where it cuts yeah. to the tie fighters. We oh, we missed it. Oh, my yeah. apologies. But like, I, I want somebody to take Ryan the Valkyries, sunset. put it underneath there. Yeah, where they're coming in from the sunset. Yeah, which technically doesn't make sense because it's not sunset here. No, it, it just looked cool. It just looked fucking amazing. Yeah. You want to talk about? You want to talk about dank memes for a second here? Oh, that's fa- like her face right here. No, no, no. The, this is the fight between uh, Finn and the stormtrooper. Oh, 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 oh my god! The memes, man. <laughs> Some things deserve to die. <laughs> but that guy was m- much cooler than Fe- Captain Phasma. Yeah, go figure. Because he was cool. Because he did something. He took a lightsaber with his graviton hammer. It's a graviton hammer. Hey, you are busting his balls of of, of knowing no, shit. Well, this is why it was like, aren't, aren't the uh, suits climate controlled? Because Halo Mjolnir armor is f- climate controlled. Yeah. Yes. Those are also like genetically engineered killing machines. These are just regular idiots with helmets on. I mean, I, I think after the expenses of raising clone troopers, they went back to the crew. And that's the one thing that nobody realizes since the oh, crew. Oh, badass. Which, I mean, you're not Robocop. I'm sorry, Hansel. It does not make sense. If it was Robocop, I would have been like, okay, him firing behind his back. The other Halo reference, I need a weapon. Thank so, God, I think I didn't look down the tube. So what you're saying is JJ really wants to direct a Halo movie. I mean, I is his, since, uh, I mean, um, since, um... This is great. Yeah. Fuck. Neil Blomkamp has kind of abandoned that. I think the Halo movie is still on the table. That's true. That's true. Which he would have been another good choice for that movie. Oh. Um, but I, I did you see the? Hit- yeah. <laughs> sure, let's dance, motherfucker. 
I, mean, I love the like the, like the like the gifts made out of that, him just swinging that. And it goes to show that um, Finn has had melee weapon training, but he's obviously no match to somebody who's meant for riot control. Well, also it's like okay, so again we're gonna we're gonna get deep for a second here. So you gotta think about a lightsaber, right? Like it has no weight except on its hilt. Like you know you know how difficult that would be to use. It's it not so easily like because yeah. you get thrown off by it. Because I am a geek, and there was this one guy on YouTube that I followed who does a bunch of sword reviews. He did movies like is it practical in movies? And one of the things he brought up was the lightsaber, and he's like, part of having a blade is it's balanced. The hilt is as heavy as the blade. And um, the problem with a lightsaber is you just have a hilt. There's no – you have to look at where the blade is to know where it's going right. because it has zero weight, and you can just, oh, there goes my arm. Oh, yeah. there goes my other arm. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the idea with the Jedi training, right? Like it's supposed to teach you control and like yeah. – so you know where the blade is at all times. And like that's how – that's why Jedi only can use lightsabers without lopping off all their arms right. simultaneously. I, I do wonder how many younglings accidentally – Lop a few fingers off in their training. That's why use the training sabers. And also, they don't make them until they're, like, they're further along. Yeah, and that's why you have Yoda in there probably. Mm. He probably has control of all the lightsabers in the room so they don't go too far. And then some kids don't poke each other with Lightsabers, them. control I do. Slice off fingers, you will. All right, redesign the X-Wings. Feelings. I like them. Yeah, they're sleek and awesome. They yeah. Poe Dameron's X-Wing is awesome. Yeah. So he, like, just in this scene alone, he becomes like a double ace. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, but and I mean, he all... shows is a character moment because uh-huh. they've said before he's the best pilot in the Resistance. Yeah. So do you think he's force sensitive? No, I don't think so. I think he's just. I think he's just that good of a pilot. Yeah, I think it's just. Well, never say never. No, I, but I don't think Finn is force sensitive. No, I don't think so at all. And I, I, and I love this is kind of like a character moment to justify this one long take. He's an ace. Yeah, see, I, I don't want – even if Finn becomes Force-sensitive, I don't want him to be because his character is good without it. Like, I yeah. like his character as is. He's a good foil to – he's like Han Solo. I'll play in the original movie, right? Like, a good foil to – Very practical. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. And I, and I love the fact that Poe Dameron was supposed to die in the beginning. Really? Yeah, he was, oh, he was not supposed that. to. And I think uh, they kind of just fell in love with him. That's why they brought him back later on. How many memes came up with this one? Inappropriate memes coming up. Of what? Of just Kylo Ren coming around the rock? Or? No, of no. Uh, the lightsaber coming from behind of Ray. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> we all know what yeah. memes I'm talking about. Yeah. Plus, also, despite what internet nerds say, I actually think the lightsaber looks cool with the hilts on the side. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it goes to show you, like, when he uses it against Finn later on the movie, yeah. I'm like, reason. has a reason. However, I do think it's going to bite him in the ass eventually. Yeah, you know, they, you know it will. the theme of this running theme of this podcast hating on internet nerds <laughs> are, are, are you scorching the earth on that one yeah i mean like 90 percent of our listeners yeah but like isn't it like the kettle calling the pot black at this point yeah i'm not on reddit fucking making fun of shit or correcting people no you write your reviews on deviantart hey hey that is a classy website for some not classy art from time to time <laughs> I know. (laughs) Like, one of the first things you sign up is, this is not a porn website. Don't post any pornographic images. What's the first thing you see out of the fucking website? Fucking pornography. Of course. It's like, safe serves on or off. (laughs) Off, you roll the dice on the page. (laughs) 
I found out that um, Adam Driver was a former Marine. Really? Yeah. He didn't see uh, actual combat, but he received training, um, was two years in the military, was about to be deployed to the Middle East. He joined after 9-11, and he suffered uh, – he broke a sternum in a bike riding accident, and he was discharged after that. Uh, mm-hmm. Honorably, I imagine. And then, and then, like he medical discharge. Uh, he discharge. Uh, uh, went to college. I think I forget where the hell he went. And then he uh, transferred to Juilliard, and it was like him being a marine and being in that kind of lifestyle and like being kind of like a regiment and that personality being amongst the Juilliard students. He found it a little difficult to uh, get along with people or uh, interact with people because I guess there's just very different personalities and stuff like that. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. He's not exactly the most mainstream actor there is. No, I mean he uses a lot of indie movies to yes. be in it. He is a little weird behind the lens. Yeah, and I, and it's funny like um, inside Llewellyn Davis, the Coen Brothers movie, where Oscar Isaac uh, plays a folk singer in Grange Villas in the 1960s, he records a song called "Please, Mr. Kennedy" with Justin Timberlake and yes. Adam Driver, yeah. and it's hilarious to see Poe Dameron and, and Kylo Ren sing a song about. Space travel in the 60s. And, of course, we have uh, Princess Leia. But, of course, more importantly than Princess Leia, we have... <laughs> C-3PO. He's only in this movie for this joke. And because my red arm, because we need to sell more C-3PO's. And like He's only in this movie for this joke. And we can't sell more C-3PO dolls if he's the same way, so let's give him a red arm. I don't know. I know, just kind of. So, so then, really, George Lucas is through this movie all along, merchandising, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> oh, it's Disney. Yeah, they, they've been merch- turkey neck. <laughs> oh no! Charles, Charles, Charles. Okay, my biggest, my biggest negative about this movie is the fact that C three PO and R two D two is in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're throwaways. Just take them out. Yeah. Leave them. Leave them for a better moment later on, if that's what you want to do. I don't. Th- I think fans would have been mad. They would have been butt hurt at first, but like now all the R two D two you really need was was Luke putting his hand on R two D two. Yeah, that's that's it. R two D two is a cop out ending. Spoiler, and C three PO was just in it for that joke. Yeah, he's not necessary. Yeah. That's true. I mean, do do you want to talk anything about the ending now, or do you want to wait till later? Let, let's wait. Okay, but because we have to talk about this bromance that is so immense right here. Another giant group of memes. Yeah, I, I want somebody to look at me like Poe looks at Finn in this jacket. <laughs> I think it was my favorite meme to come out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love somebody like I think it was the beginning like somebody photoshopped BB-8 in the beginning of an Arsenal and Liverpool match. And he's in the middle of the field, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's perfect right there." It's <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> Very Sam and Frodo relationship right there. Yes. I yeah, promise, definitely. Mr. Frodo. I promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Kamji. I don't mean to. I don't mean to. 
It's a very solid impersonation. Right there. No, that's, my, that's probably my favorite moment of all the Lord of the Rings movies right there. And it, it's ironic that my three favorite moments from the um, Lord of the Rings movies all involve Sam. And it's that speech. It's that moment at the end, the speech he has in the two towers at the very end. And then when he carries Frodo up Mount Doom yeah, in, Return of the, in Return of the King. I almost said Return of the Jedi there. That was before he slipped there. And how we know that Chewbacca's a player right here. How Maz was like, he was like, where's my boyfriend and everything like that. So we know, like, as soon as, like, Han Solo uh, got wiped so up, he's like, I, of, I, am, I am bringing so, so many ladies back Pictures of Chewbacca, like, feeling up Leia were actual canon? Mm-hmm. It's part of canon now? And wouldn't that be Inception, very... In Leo Inception face. Wow. <laughs> and wouldn't that be just a little bit too... I don't know. Is that bestiality right yes. there? Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move to a new topic, please? Uh, yeah, let's get out of it. It's a furry situation. We should leave us now. Yeah, I agree. Like this, this does shouldn't have. This should just cut out of the movie. Like I, I would do. I would have a little more, mom, a few more minutes with Luke than this. Yeah, some more backstory maybe. <sighs> we'll get to Luke. Don't worry. We haven't forgotten about the Luke. We haven't forgotten about the Luke. Luke, uh, even worry. though the movie has. A camera made... somewhere is still spinning to this day. <laughs> I'm just going st- yeah. to stand on this cliffside until someone finds me. Fuck, this is going to be forever. <laughs> That's why I love the lonely Luke Twitter page that I follow. It's hilarious. I have a Twitter page that you should follow. It's not related to anything like this. Okay. It's, spo- it's sports related, right? Um... It's since come out that Carrie Fisher is having Carrie an affair. Fisher. What? Carrie Fisher. Oh, that's what I said. No. Say Katie Fisher. Did I say Katie Fisher? Welcome to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carrie Fisher, you redhead fuck! <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, oh, man. It's come out that Carrie... Carrie... Fisher. Damn straight fucking Carrie Fisher. She's my fucking background on my computer. I masturbate to it daily. With the tears. With the tears. <laughs> Carrie Fisher has been having an affair with uh, Han Solo, uh, with, with Harrison Ford back on since the original movie. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts? It's whatever. I mean, she did a lot of cocaine, right? That's true. <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of drinking. She She's... And, but also one of the she, best script doctors in Hollywood, though. Yeah, one of the best script doctors. But you have to also look where she's coming from. She's very. She does suffer from bipolar dis, uh, bipolar syndrome. She has depression. She has all these other mental things going on with her. And normally, bipolar depressed people express themselves over to make up for like the insecurities. They are overly sexual, right? So, I mean, at this point, it's like whatever. Hon- yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford's Harrison Ford. It's just a little like shitty because he was married with two kids at the time. It, well, that's why it's she had an affair with him. Yeah, dude. But, you but know. yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, it explains why their chemistry was so good in the first in the three original three movies. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a shame that you know her early life was the way it was, but yeah, I mean, she's an adult now, so yeah, it's probably all behind both of them, I imagine. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just crouching. I've just been doing yoga the entire time while we were asleep. I am so woken up now. now I'm downward dog. <laughs> like <laughs> I have the face of an angel. 
what is with the soil? I'm sorry. I just, the first thing that popped into my mind is the head is like the, is the equivalent of like Goku's weighted shirt. <laughs> it's his weighted our training armor. Yes. Yep. Uh, and I'm a geek. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's a safe place. Yes. <laughs> it's your safe place. Yes. Oh god. And all right. And I like the fact that like he's he doesn't need to wear the mask yet does because that's where he can feel comfortable. And because as soon as like he's out of the mask, he becomes more irrational and less in control. Mm-hmm. When he's in the mask, he's always in control. It's just kind of like a safety blanket, more or less. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, other than his, his freak out on the terminal after Finn and, and Ray. Later, when Ray gets away. Yeah, correct. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I lived on a desert planet. I hate sand. It gets everywhere. Nope, that's it. <laughs> an infl- it was a reflexive response. <laughs> oh man, like I'm like I wrote something right now that requires to go to the beach and stuff like that. And I know when we get there to shoot, I, I, uh, we will be quoting "Attack the Clones" the entire time when we're shooting there. Boy, we're your poor actors and actresses, huh? Yeah, and it's gonna be in the middle of winter too, so that's gonna be even funnier. Uh, it's my zombie movie, which I got to type up. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yes, we'll do. Okay. Okay. Get back to reviewing the fucking movie, you fucks! <laughs> Maybe you should put a question mark at the end of the title. Uh, yes. Like, is this uh, really yes. a commentary track or is just the three dudes ranting while, this, while they watch a movie? Claiming they're watching Ports of I mean, it's on the television. Yes, can confirm. I'm here. <laughs> yes, the objective advi- the objective party here can say we are watching the movie. Objective. Objective. Yes. No, I was like, <laughs> all right, so, all right. Let's not be so sure here. Air quotes. The strongest air quotes was around that yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah, does, would she even does she even know who Darth Vader is? Like she she knows who he is by reading his thoughts, right? But does Ray the individual know who Darth Vader is? I mean, it's kind of like the same. It's probably um. So did Kylo Ren just walk around the base without his helmet on? Yes. Apparently. Oh wow! He's that. He's that upset. Anyway, um, it's like one of those most infamous people in the galaxy. It's like people have probably told um bedtime stories about them is like and stuff like that as a warning of everything uh, yeah. of, of people like that that's probably fair hmm. ah what's going on is it rangers no bruins uh capitals bruins are losing for nothing oh god bruins and caps man two worst teams playing each other are you a caps or bruins fan i'm a bruins fan what <laughs> new york I wasn't into sports until I got to college. I went to Quinnipiac University, which is a big hockey school. And my room, I did not follow any sports going into there. Maybe Yankees passively. Okay. Okay. My roommate, Daniel Craig. Had Daniel Craig voiceover anyway. Yeah. No, I think he was actually in the suit. Oh, okay. But, um. Go on. uh, Also, so many dirty memes with this. You will make my restraints tighter. What? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you remember where it's Daddy, what? Nothing. Oh, no. Wait, it's for, for, 
Darth Vader force choking one of the governors. Oh, harder, Daddy. What? Nothing. It is <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader walking away. But going back to this, my roommate was a diehard Bruins fan, and that's all I watch, and that's how he learned hockey through watching the Bruins. Okay, right. So I think it's a fair excuse. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, more people into hockey is, is, is a better thing. But yes. Yeah, man. He, he, he's, like, not, he's, he's not a Flyers or a Penguins fan, so we got to give him. Yeah, that's true. Agreed. Despite despite the fact you have an awesome Malka jersey. I do have a Malka jersey. I collect jerseys. He collects jerseys. Again, I'm going to just have a Hitler jersey. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it not Crosby jersey? jersey? True. Or, or, or Phil Kessel jersey, that fat fuck. Or Ovechkin. Man, screw Ovechkin. Hate him, but hate him. But he's good at what he does. That's care. the thing. I don't care. I just want someone to cross check him in the head. What? Who are these people? I'm about Kreider every time I fucking see him on the ice. People, yeah, I've been cross checking these names with the Star Wars directory. I do not know who these people are. I don't care about the physical sport of this hockey that you talk about. That's played on fucking frozen water. I want to talk about fucking Star Wars and fucking Kylo Ren fucking up this chair and these two fucktard stormtroopers getting the fucking idea of not to go down the fucking hallway. You fucks. Take yeah. that, and, uh, and it's funny that like that that rant was synced up to Kylo Ren destroying the room because that's probably how some people are going to react to this podcast right now. I kind of realize that now. I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I fully acknowledge in, in the this. best possible way, of course. Also, let's talk about how cool it is to suck the the, the life out of a sun. Yes, just casually. Just <laughs> all right. This planet, this whole system is dead. All life. Goodbye. Yeah, it's awesome. I want my super death lasers to be the most super death laser. How, many, how much radiation is on this fucking starbase now? Look, man, they they don't have Geiger counters there for a reason, okay? Kojiha! <laughs> Kojiha! They don't take x-rays. They just tell you to walk through a room. And just like, it's like a cartoon. You're like, your bones flash. Well, I think, well, I think there's, no, there's no lights off in that base because they'd just be illuminated. They're skeletons where it'd be like... It'd be like Blythe from Batman Beyond at that point. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man, Batman Beyond. <laughs> Woo! Now we're crossing streams. <laughs> Cross the streams. Uh-huh. It's, it's a way to blow it up. There's always a way to blow it up. Is this just lazy writing at this yes. point? Yes. Yes, this is, this is, yeah. Especially just taking out one terminal. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, see, it's much better when Finn comes in and is like, all right, I got it. Like yeah. that's because I work better. there. Yeah, right. Huh. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> Mr. Internet meme himself. <laughs> I mean, isn't that one of the greatest robot chicken sketches when they have the the, the breakfast cereal? That's the it was Admiral Akbar's O's or something, and yeah. he pours out. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a great, yeah, great one. You said it, Chewy. All right. Biggest missed opportunity in this movie? But they better make up the next one. Lando. I need some Lando Calrissian in my life. He's off somewhere drinking Colt 45s. So. Colt 45 in, in the city of the clouds. Man. That, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> with his most, still with his majestic cape. Yeah, just legs kicked up, just like beer gut. <laughs> just cans of Colt 45s. He did reprise the role of Lando Calrissian, uh, Billy D. Williams in um, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. And I... And nope. Speaking of... Just nope, it was a paycheck. 
Really? It was just a fucking paycheck. I hope he brings more effort to his next... shame. I didn't see that one, so... Rebels is not something to keep track of. Rebels sucks. Despite the fact they brought back... They, they brought they, back Grand Admiral Thrawn into yeah, it. it. They, they want to be Clone Wars so bad that they keep stealing things from Clone Wars to add it to them. They had a whole episode dedicated to Clone Wars where the opening sequence was Clone Wars. They were being attacked by reanimated cl- droids. And it was just like, oh, just, just bring back Clone Wars if you're just this obsessed about it. I mean, they brought yeah. back Dar- Dar- Darth Maul at that point. Yeah. Um, I, hope, yeah. I know, like, Rob, you didn't write down notes. I hope we've been covering the things you've been writing down and everything like that. Uh, yeah. I oh. mean, the, actually, something I want to talk about now that they've seen Smoke, Snoke a couple times is that do you think they should have even shown Snoke's face at all mm. during the movie? Or should they just left it like a shadowy, dark figure? Because do, do you think showing it kind of takes away from his Allure? presence? Yeah, his it's presence. Kinda like, I mean, like, the comparisons to the Emperor are always going to be there. Right. I mean, like, we never saw the Emperor in A New Hope. Correct. Right. We're only referred to him, and then we only see him in a hologram in two different iterations. I mean, through the original release and then the... That was acceptable change, though. Yes, because it made things more consistent. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean... I think they should have left him... I think they should have left him in shadows more. Yeah. I mean, I just think... Or not seen him at all. Yeah. No, no disrespect to Andy Serkis' performance because I think he he crushed it. In no, his, yeah. But I mean, um, can you name a bad Andy Serkis performance? Oh no. Yeah, I mean, unless you have a problem with his King Kong performance. <laughs> yeah, actually, one of my notes was was is the, was the movie too rushed? Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, a bit. No, and I, but I I think it's. It's an overcompensation to the pace of the prequels. Mm-hmm. It's yes. kind of like it's not as bad as Man of Steel. I mean, like you look at one of the biggest complaints of Superman Returns is Superman doesn't throw a punch. There's not that much action. Mm-hmm. Man of Steel overcompensated by that by having so much action, and it is a detriment. And I fully acknowledge that with a 40 minute climax and what have you. <laughs> the galaxy. We'll figure it out. We'll use the force. The force doesn't work like that. <laughs> I love he does have his shoulders hunched up like that, and everything. When he, and that moment, that line in there, like, "What do you do? Sanitation?" That is totally thrown. That is a kept. That is there thrown in there for Kevin Smith, because of Clark is saying, "Like, do you think I swamp your nose? Anything about installing a water main? All oh, I know is killing in white uniforms." I feel bad. Yeah. So do, do we want to talk about Han now or later? We let's give it a few minutes. Let's oh, give it like she's in this movie. <sighs> Two one eight seven. A little fun fact: Captain Phasma was named after the movie Phantasm, the nineteen the late nineteen seventies horror classic that J.J. Ames is a huge fan of, so much so that he. And Don Consolari, the creator of the Phantasm series, um, getting a new Blu-ray release of the movie. Like, whole 4K re- restoration and everything like that. So, and I'm just like, I can't wait to get my, I hope it's out. It's, it must be out by now. If not, it should it should be out very soon. And I can't wait to get my hands on it. Also, another weird thing is because they have, like, Jawa-looking creatures in that. 
and Don Kessler like kind of shot the movie and knew and designed those things before he saw Star Wars, and it's just a weird coincidence. <laughs> the more you know, don't you fucking dare. There's there's pointing. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to get stabbed with like many GI Joe toys. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> click. That was easy. Also, why does she lower the shields? Because she was going to get shot otherwise? Yeah, but... Why? Yeah, but... Didn't you think she would die for the cause? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I agree to that statement. Yeah, I think it, she would. And this is very Return of the Jedi when they need to lower the shields so they can, the uh, fleet can attack the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's why I love the satisfaction when they finally blow up the dish in Return of the Jedi because they spent so much time trying to lower the shields because yeah. of it. Also, has one of my favorite moments in Return of the Jedi is when the one guy comes on the guardrail and he says, freeze, and... Han throws like the block of C4 in his face and he goes over the railing because of it. That's, that's a very, that's a very uh, first Indiana Jones when he, the guy with the, the scimitar comes out and he just turns and shoots him with a pistol. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that moment like in Temple of Doom when they rip off Star Wars where he like chases after the two men with his sword and whip, runs to the camera, stops, runs away because a whole battalion of people are coming after him. I mean, of course, I love more X-Wings battles and stuff like that, but it's... It, this is kind of pointless. It's, I mean, it's unnecessary. I mean, the, the reason why the trench run worked so much is because there was so much build-up to the Death Star approaching Yavin. Yeah. And them constantly cutting back to both Grand Moff Tarkin, like, getting so close in the countdown there, and then cutting to the throne room of Yavin seeing how close it was and seeing the displays of how close they are in relation works, that kind of tension and suspense is lost here. Right. Because we like, like, oh, we got to attack, and then we cut away. We don't come back to the, the pilots for another maybe 10 minutes, and we're like, we're losing all our men. Really? We have we saw you may lose one or two people. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say that in, also in the, in the, you know, the New Hope, it's, you, you can see... The, there's a, there's a couple scenes with each individual pilot that dies, right? Like they try to give some pilots personality, some you know. <laughs> well, well like, you know, we'll talk about you know Porkins, whatever. But I have a problem here. <laughs> I'll be back for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, but I mean, at least they they try to give some impact to when these people get killed, and it's like, oh man, this shit's going bad. Shit to kill. You know what I mean? <laughs> Eckhart, <laughs> click. Think about the future. I did. It's Star Wars. Ah! <laughs> get, get killed by the Joker and Batman. Oh, boy. God. No, but I do agree that the tension is lost in this because, yeah, I mean, they're on this base. They're in this base, and there's no tension. There's no troops running around or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Where's the stormtroopers that are storming the block that Phasma indicated? Promised? Who she should have, like, did, did, notified? Did, I... I by that line, it made it seem like she tripped an alarm at that point. You would think. 
Yeah, especially because like the the thing behind her flashes red. I don't know. It's yeah. like, oh, shield's going down. You fucked up, or it's because dudes are coming. Yeah. But... Isn't there another safety program? They're like, oh, like someone in like the ac- another a different access room going. Why are the shields override? going down? I mean, it's not. It's kind of pointless now, but since the they're in their yeah. gravity, they're in that area now. This, yeah. this reminds me. Uh, uh, you guys, how big into video games are you guys? Decently. Yeah. Okay, so did you, did you ever see the original Overwatch trailer? Yes. Okay, when, when, they, when the, there's a big fight going on, and there's a guy in the control room, and he's just got his legs kicked up playing Hearthstone. That's what's happening in Starkiller Base. Some guy's just, like, here playing, like, Space the Jaric. I don't know. That's, that's the theme. And it's like, the shields are down. Huh? And, like, spills the coffee over. No, it, it's it's two people. It's Homer Simpson sleeping, and yep. it's a guy playing Gattaca in the Avengers. It's going on right now. It's yeah. going on as Starkiller Base is being attacked. <laughs> Batman's playing Gattaca. He thought we didn't see, but we did. <laughs> Goes back to it as he was nobody looking. Yeah. Huh. Oh boy. Okay. Okay, we gotta get serious. All right, you start. <laughs> this scene was done beautifully, but did it? Or was it? Did they telltale it too much though? Did they like? They show their hand too heavy. They play it too heavy going into this. I think it's the, the occlusion of the ra- the walkway with no railings. Railings do not exist in Star Wars. Yeah. The other thing that kind of Ocean still battles me. Yeah. <laughs> How hilarious would it be if it's like, oh, she's going around the Death Star and everybody's just like, just spack, like just making everything shiny and everything. Like that. Oh, my God. Need- it's just a trash droid. From Wally just cleaning up the Death Star. Right. Wait for OSHA. <laughs> Rob, your feelings on the build up of the scene? Um, yeah, I, as soon as as soon as they revealed the long spindly walkway, I was like, "That's it." Yeah, that's it. And, and, and I think it's the, the moment that everybody the emotional current changes as soon as Han says Ben, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, I mean, yeah." They showed they showed their hand way too soon, but I do feel like. Um, which was done beautifully where it, uh, Kylo Ren's face is like half in blue light, half in red light. And then as soon and as the, the light of the sky goes out. Yeah, but it was like one of those things like where you could you know that he's in this internal struggle with this. And you're kind of like, maybe Hansel isn't going to die. Maybe he's going to reach him. Yeah, maybe he's going to reach him. Because you know he's probably going to die. But, they're, but they do throw in that shadow of a doubt. Like, maybe he's going to get away with it. Yeah, and I think beyond that also... I'd be afraid if you didn't telegraph it at all that his death would feel too cheap. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah. It's like bracing the audience. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Even if they don't consciously realize it, subconsciously, they're being prepared for it. There's railings on the far end, but not the dangerous part. Uh, Yes, my name is Phasma. I'd like to put in an anonymous request for OSHA. Yeah. (laughs) Some dangerous stuff I'm afraid for my troops. What? (laughs) What, Dad? (laughs) Oh, all right, but uh, Star Trek. Uh, wow, wow, Star Trek. Star Wars Extended Universe fans, but it's like he's not named. Uh, what's his name? Was it Jason? What was oh, it? Oh yeah, Jason Solo. Jason, Jason Solo. And um, don't put me on the spot. Oh, me. I forget the other kid. Yeah, I mean, like, but people are like, oh, he's not named Jason. Wah. Yeah. But it makes sense that he's named Ben because of Ben Kenobi and everything like that. Mm-hmm. For those non-crazy people, it's Jason spelled J-A-C-E-N. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you want to know I know that? A friend of mine upstate has a cat named after Jason Solo. Jay-Z-M, Jesus Christ, you're right. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The more you know. 
I gave her a, a 10 inch tall uh, Chewbacca and Han Solo statue for Secret Santa this year. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And Jania, like J A I N A. Yes, Jaina. Jaina. Yes. Solo. 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 That's the name of their two cats is Jason and Jaina. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> nerds. Fucking nerds. <laughs> Your son is gone. How hilarious it would be if, like, X-Wings drop a few bombs on the uh, planet and it causes a little bit of a shake and he's like, whoa! Okay, so here, here's something, right? This is something I didn't realize when I first watched this is that he mentioned Snoke specifically by name. Yeah. So how... Snoke is probably... Uh, is, yeah, how, is, how do they know about him? I mean... Is he, like, is he like the, the president of I, the New Order? I presume so, because I don't think they say... Wait, did they say Supreme Leader Snoke in yes. Crawl? No, they say it right here. He, he right. said it right there. But um, I presume it's kind of like the Emperor. Like, he's not – like there must be spies amongst the First Order that they probably got information from. More Bothans. <laughs> More dead Bothans everywhere. <laughs> dead Bothans everywhere. Red shirts, Bothans. They're on the same plane. Yeah. <laughs> People with Wilhelm screams. I mean, like, and you wonder that, like, that, like, I don't, I don't know if I have the strength to do it. You, you, like, you're saying, you have that moment of doubt. They're like, okay, maybe he's, yeah, no, like I said, like, the, you knew he was probably going to die, but then, like, they, are they going to swerve us here? They're doing this. He drops the helmet. He doesn't, he doesn't know what to do because he, he is, he is genuinely conflicted here. He's, yeah, and you can physically see that. Half the screen is in blue, half the screen is in red. And as, soon as the, and as soon as the light goes out and darkness encapsul- encapsulates him. Yeah. Ben, drop the lightsaber. Drop the lightsaber, Ben. Don't do this, Ben. It's that moment right there where huh? it's like, wait, no. He's not, dr- yeah. I'm finally ridden out of this fucking series. <laughs> How did your theater react to that? <gasps> I think I had a few people scream no in my theater. I did silence. Really? I went, I went a month and a half after it came out. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know this thing is, right? So I, I'd always – I see all the Star Wars with my girlfriend, right? And she was studying abroad at that time, so I had to wait till she came back. So I – they're like disconnected all social media from my life. And I was like, anybody seen it in my life? I don't want you to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it, whether you like it or don't like it. I had to keep myself in like radio silent for a month and a half. It was awful. Did you feel Did you feel kind of liberated when, when you disconnected from social media? Um, you know, it, I think it depends on how much importance you put in your own life. I right. don't give it much stock. So even though even when I use it, I could use it for 100 hours a day. There's not 100 hours in a day. I get yeah. that. But the thing is that I don't value it very highly, so it, it doesn't. Right. So to, to disconnect from myself doesn't change anything about my life. It's kind of like uh, I didn't have a phone for a couple of days. Right. I didn't have a cell phone, and it's just kind of like that's it felt, different. It felt weird, like not having yeah. it. But then, like after, on the third day, I was like, okay, I'm kind of fine with this. Yeah. I kind of felt like I kind of weaned myself off something, as yeah. Chewbacca goes full berserker mode. Yeah, no, I we met we talked over a moment with uh, when Leia feels Han's death. Yeah, which I thought was actually a very 
that made it just even more touching. And I presume that probably Luke probably felt that. Probably. Since he's more connected in the Force than she is. Yeah, there's there's almost a guarantee, right? Also, do you think we'll see Leia wield the lightsaber? No. I hope not. I really do. Despite the fact that she does, like, in the extended universe that now is null and void, she has. Yeah. Yes. Han Solo technically wielded a lightsaber, too, in the extended universe. Because him and Leia were pinned down, and they had three lightsabers, so they gave one to Chewie, one to Han, and one to Leia. Yeah. Extended universe is a hell of a trip. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good and there's a lot of bad in there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, still... But like one that I think I don't know if it was a comic book or if it was a book or something like that, but based upon the Cantina Bar and it's just all the tales that happened there. I'm surprised that's not a TV show right now. Just you have one primary primary set and a few other sets, and you make an entire story about the Cantina Bar. You talk about like Cheers for Star Wars? Is that what you want? <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows the name. <laughs> Oh my god, if the guy who played Norm is still alive, I'd just have him play that role. He's still the same to it, like, and I was just uh, delivering mail and decided to come down to the cartina here. I mean, how I. Space mail. I came emails. Up, I came up with another short film idea with Star Wars. It takes place entirely in a bar, and it's pretty much like the opening of Inglorious Bastards. Like, people trying to sneak Wookiees off of Coruscant after mm. Revenge of the Sith. And the random and a random inspection by the new empire comes in while the Wookiees are in hiding, and it's kind of like, all right, let's just try and get them out of here as quickly as possible. Coruscant, or do you mean their Wookiee home planet? No, because Kashyyyk has been taken over. Like Wookiees are studying abroad, and now being enslaved after the taking over okay. of Coruscant, okay. Makes uh, sense. taking over of Kashyyyk. Man, and, in which timeline are Wookiees not being enslaved? None. That's the real question, right? I mean, you have to go to some alternate dimension at that point. Like, like, such angry, furry barbarians. They I mean, suck like, at doing what one of the DC comics alternate timelines probably doesn't have the Wookiees enslaved. I mean, but that crisis <laughs> of infinite list, Barry Allen kind of closed the loop on that. God so. damn it, Flash! <laughs> I mean, Barry Allen solves problems and causes problems with his time travel. So I'm looking at you, Flashpoint. Oh! I forgot how terrible that must have hurt. Savage. Just destroy that man's jacket. Yeah, the real, the real tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> the character's going to live. It's the jacket, man. It'll never survive. Black. Oh, my face. The lightsaber. It doesn't like you. I, I don't, don't like, like you either. either. Oh, this theme. <laughs> oh, John Williams, okay. you sexy bastard. In the theater, I kind of wished it was going to loop that was going to catch it at first. I think everyone was, but yeah. this was... The more... It makes more sense this way. Yes. You know, you, the way you could have maybe compromised on that is that Kylo sees Luke catching it. But it is actually Ray. Yeah, like his worst fears personified, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But then that would just lend more credence to the fact that people think that Ray is a Skywalker. Yeah. Well, I mean... She's not. Who do you think she is? You know, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter whose child she is. Yeah. I just want it to... Makes, Makes sense. sense. Yes. Yeah. I don't care. I'm really hoping that she's no one's. Yeah. yeah. She's not related to anyone in the storyline. Because how many Jedi have there been? Like, in, even in the extended universe, which I know is null and void, but how many Jedi are, are there like, that got, that escaped Order 66? And then just, like, then you have the uh, Ahsoka Tanos who renounced the Jedi faith and went on their own, but she's still technically a Jedi. Yeah. 
and very apparently very deep. But right, then, well. then, or she's just a, a normal. She just was the kid of two normal parents, and she just happens to be touched by the force. Yeah, kind of like, kind of like mut- mutation in the X Men comics. Yeah, like well, or ma- or magics in Harry Potter. What were you say? Yeah, I was gonna say that. It, I know that. So if you if you ever played the video game, um, The Force Unleashed, yes, the main character hunts down former Jedi that escaped Order sixty six. Right, and I think there was some reference to only being like a dozen after. So, oh, so they didn't know about Ben either. I have the biggest problem with the ending of the first Force Awakens or Force Unleashed, I should say, is that like because Darth Vader talks to Princess Leia and knows that she's part of the rebellion, it does nothing about it. Really. Yeah, and then. Star Wars Episode Four happens, and she's like playing coy, like only you could be so bold. Like I know, well, she's got to It's got to fit into the existing canon, right? You know, it's actually a better way to experience that video game is not to play it because it doesn't age well. As someone who just bought it on Steam, I can tell you this <laughs> is actually they novelized the 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 video game. It's really excellent. The novelization. So if you want to read the story and get the story because it is good throughout, except the ending. Uh, that's a better way to experience it than and sitting through the video what, game. Like that's uh, so that character is what like kind of like uh, Inquisitor. He's Darth Vader's apprentice, secret apprentice. That's the flavor. Okay, so well before the Inquisitors were ever even thought of. How deep do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, a lot of people ask that question, then money is exchanged for it. I mean, Not, I, well, I, uh, uh, you know. Okay. Anyway. Um, Lightsaber battles in this versus the prequels. I like the fact that they. It's not. It's not as choreographed. It's not, but it's not as sloppy either. And I like the fact that in, they make the sabers very physical because they constantly interact with the environment, the environment as well as the sparks coming off of it. Yeah. This fight's very meat and potatoes. Yes, the only way I can describe it. It's like two amateur swordsmen just wailing on each other. Especially because like she's been trained with a bow staff and stuff like that. Well, she trained herself. She trained herself, and then Kylo is kind of, like, undisciplined at this point. Hence, like, that's why his saber is so kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's, Wobbly. like, unsecure. It's, it's... I always thought the scene, one, he, he took a bow, uh, bow blaster shot to his, uh, to where his stomach is. Is and plus he's so he's injured and two he just killed his father so he's, he's psychologically emo- weakened um, like emotionally unbalanced yeah and he's just reckless and yeah Ray does have training with her does know how to wield a bow staff but a sword is completely different and then she has the force kind of guiding, guiding her yeah guiding her like instinctively guiding her yeah so oh I love the steam effect on that shot. Plus, isn't it a running theme throughout Star Wars that the light is always stronger than the dark? Yes. So it doesn't really matter. That's the so it it, it makes sense this, that this fight goes the way, and that never upset me. No. Yeah, I understood it with the first time I saw it. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people were pissed that Ray, who has no lightsaber training, beats uh, Kylo. Ow! In the face! In the face! Now you have a reason for that mask, you f- bastard. You scurred me. Huh. Oh, wait, the plot's gonna separate us. Two face. <laughs> <laughs> bad man. Bad man. What, did I, I pointed that out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now Kylo Ren is two face. A literal plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that moment with her holding the lightsaber like that. I'm like, all right, just sign her up for the Tomb Raider movie. We all, we all want that now. Yes. 
even though she's not going to be at the the model that they've modeled the actress or the person they modeled the video game character on, she's the one that's going to be in the next movie. I think. Oh, really? I believe so. What the newer model? Yeah. Okay, because the newer model is not as um, voluptuous. Volu- thank you, mm-hmm. voluptuous as the old model is. But she, I, she would have made a great Lara Croft. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, the new Lara Croft that is. New, yes. New Lara Croft. Yeah, absolutely. Angelina Jolie played a great old Lara Croft. Uh-huh. Yes, she played classic Lara Croft. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of which, good video games. Yes. I actually never played a single one. Oh, the new ones, the new, the newest one. Sorry, not the newest one. The one before the newest one. Yeah. Where the new Lara Croft is introduced is very good. Sequel um, I heard was a little iffy. Don't look at me. I never played it. Oh, okay. I played too much Titanfall. That's what. Ah. That's what bit me recently. Uh, confession: Never played a single Zelda game. Uh, it's okay. The, the first, the only Nintendo I owned was none of them. <laughs> yes I want to say something but words can't describe the pain I feel high five that's fine Good one, man. yeah <sighs> says the Bruins fan in New York your sunshine sucked but you said it was the best piece of art Nintendo has ever played you fuck no, because people on the internet hate Super Mario Sunshine. So it's like, oh, you've never played any of them, but you played the worst one. <laughs> yeah. I liked Luigi's Mansion. Everyone liked Luigi's Mansion. That's true. That was fun, because that was different. Yeah. Tell us about Luigi's Mansion. Uh, I watched Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one man who's in his basement with the longest fingernails and <laughs> has not seen the daylight since... Since the Reagan administration. <laughs> <laughs> since he left his mother's womb for the first time. Oh. <laughs> Not as savage as Leia not giving a Chewie hug. A hug. <sighs> okay, and film. Yeah. Right? I mean, pretty much. Or maybe five minutes later. Yes. And film. We have different, we have odd designed hair. We're friends. You're a strong female character, so am I. Mm. Normal in the front, party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I wonder if like Chewie's gonna be incredibly reckless in the next movie. Like kind of like a death wish at this point now that Han's gone. Yeah. They might just kill Chewie off next movie. I bet you they're gonna have to. Oh, Hey, convenience is here. It's convenience. How do we end this movie with him fighting with them fighting Luke Skywalker? How? But how? BB-8 has part of the map because R2-D2 has the rest of the map. In I think it's Lost Stars, the novels like one of the like or like novelization of this. It turns out that R2-D2 has been scanning all the maps that the Empire has had. That's why he's been low power mode. He found the location of the map, the map that goes along with BB-8's um, piece at that moment. The only thing is, it's never explained here. It was explained in the novelization, and it's kind of bad storytelling. You have to go to the novelization for an explanation in the yeah, original movie. I didn't know that. That's This is unbelievable. Yes. So I'm a mad now. It, it's I, still weak, though. Yes. yes. Because 
I mean, yeah, at the same time, it's you still stronger than what we got. You could have hooked up R2-D2 to some computer to download all the information he had, and then you could realize, oh, my God, there's a huge map of Luke Skywalker here. Where's the other part of the map? I don't know, in BB-8, I guess. That would make more sense than this fucking bullshit. And I got really angry there. I'm sorry. I mean, It's no. probably my biggest crap in the movie. We, I know we, we trashed the Starkiller basement, but I think this is the one that I had the biggest problem with. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- like I said, after that, after they discovered that truth, like, all right, wrap up the film, like that's it. Like, what happened afterwards should never have occurred. Yeah. Okay, should we? Do you think we should not see Luke at all then? No, I don't think you should have. I don't think so. No. I was at this point. I was ready for the search continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been uh, Ray kind of using the Force as her teacher to become a Jedi, and by the time she has. That by the time Luke Skywalker finally comes into the picture, she's a full-fledged Jedi at that point. Yeah. But no. But no. I just hope we don't have, like, a kind of like a repeat of Empire Strikes Back. There was just Luke training Rey kind of like Yoda does. So you would have to ha- love the the when <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill on uh, Daisy Ridley's back. back, on the like, back in the back lot, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, like Yoda on his back. Yes. That, that – if they were to do that, it would be hysterical if they did put that in the movie. Yes. Well, this is the way my master taught me. Well, I think it's a little stupid. <laughs> you're you're kind of right. This is stupid. Yeah, I mean, so my two principal problems with the way the movie ended is first that – look, I'm not, I'm not writing the series, right? So this is my own opinion. But I think that it would have been a better story to tell Ray's journey to find Luke. That in itself could be part of a movie, yeah. right? And she could find herself in the Force in that, kind of mm-hmm. like you were saying, Tim. But also the problem is finding Luke at the end cheapens much of the accomplishments of the movie because all of this was predicated on them finding Luke. So like Starkiller Base was like, ah, well, we were in the, we were in the area. We might as well just wipe it out. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it, it was supposed to be a big deal. And like, eh, I don't know. Whatever. I feel like it's because, they, well, it's a Star Wars movie, and we have everybody else in here. Everyone got, else make a cameo. Yeah. It's them playing it safe. Like, we got to have them in there some way. Yeah. A large part of this movie is them playing it safe. Yes. Is that is that a detriment? In a way. I mean, because they play it safe by having R2-D2 and E-3PO in there. I mean, when they could have used something else, someone else. I mean, because, granted, they have a $4 billion investment into this property yeah and how the lukewarm reception in the prequels and stuff like that and how those movies were too different from star wars they had to go back to more of the same they were consciously and i know it's the biggest criticism that george lucas had of this movies because they played safe and it was kind of like a remake of his original movie by the way granted that this is like okay we're not exactly huge fans of the ending of this movie it is shot beautifully this uh, I, it makes me want to, i want to go to ireland now just to, to walk this yeah and it's like it is a travel brochure though yeah in fairness, this movie's okay with playing it safe so long as it pays off in the future, right? Yes. Like, that'll wipe away most of the sins of this movie is better next two movies. Yeah, yeah but that that's also – but it's that's kind of an indictment of how movies are made today. Yes. That yeah. we're not like, oh, because we know we have a built-in sequel. We don't have to pay things off right now. I mean, you look at Amazing Spider-Man 2, how it ends with setting up Sinister 6. We're never going to get that now. But then you look at a movie like Deadpool, and they just went balls out, not caring if they go and get a sequel or not. Damn right they're getting a sequel. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's you, Mr. Cloakman. 
Oh, and it's all the memes that came out, especially the one singing one. Yes. It's a microphone instead of a lightsaber. It's like, yeah! He just sings Gregorian monks. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, the high pitch. Uh, yes. You know, but then a hand. There was a hand attached to that. I think Luke, Luke does look good, though. Yeah. As a side note. Because Mark Hamill got he had to get back in shape for this. Well, beyond that, like I think they they groomed his like facial hair and his his, his like the way his hair is long, it's appropriate. It's appropriate, yes. Very Jedi. Mm-hmm, exactly. I I can't wait to be back on the Flash. That's what he's thinking right now. And he he kills it in Trickster whenever he shows up, and he's showing up in the mid season finale as Trickster from another world, and he pretty much looks like the Joker. Really? Yeah. Speaking of which, that's probably one of his best roles. Yes. Anytime he plays the Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the Killing Joke that came out this year. Another podcast coming. That's a great story. Don't. Is, is it bad? Don't tell me. Uh, directed by JJ Abrams, we had another helicopter shot. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, based on characters by George Lucas. Okay. <laughs> My turkey neck. <laughs> Rob, final thoughts. You know, it's yeah, it's safe. I, I did like. Can't say I hated it. That's that would be that'd be just idiotic of me. But I'm just neutral on it until the next movie comes out. Then I can form a better opinion. I think mm-hmm. for right now, I think what I've been presented with is very watchable. Um, maybe a little too watchable, if if that makes sense. Yes, like manufactured to be watchable. But again, it's okay so long as the future pans out, right? Dakota. I agree. It's a very watchable movie, and it's, but we, it's a finally a Star Wars movie that we get to actually experience and enjoy, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very safe, but I feel like Disney had to be safe because they don't want to do too, a, too much extreme. I mean, my 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 guess is they go safe this movie, get everything they would need out of the way for the fans, mm-hmm. and the next two movies they just do go on their complete yeah. something completely original. And, and then, and then, and then they have the so the the extended universe like movies where they get to have pretty much it's carte blanche at that point. Yeah, do whatever the hell you want of those. And I think that's I think that's part of the, I think that's the part of the curiosity with Rogue One. Sure, we have we have a, we know how it's going to end with them getting the plans yeah. to the. Um, I think that's Blockade also, Runner, but I th- like I think that's also why that they are not as like, um, not as like, tight lip about that movie. Because we all know how it ends. Yes. They get the Death Star plan. So I guess they're like, okay, well, that's there's no surprise here. It's just the surprise is the there's journey. There's familiarity there, but like we still tell our own story, story with it. Yeah, and there it's like, okay, well, then how much of uh, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels are we going to pin in? Right. Because now we own Clone Wars, and obviously that was a success, and Rebels is our own creation for kids. So you want to bring some of that stuff into it as mm-hmm. well. Right. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Rogue One, but like at the same time, it's like one of those waiting in bated breath. With bated yeah. Breath. But no, back to the movie. It, yes, I enjoyed it. Um, it. It ranks either third or fourth on my list, though. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like on level, I mean, a little below Return of the Jedi for me. Okay. What do you want me to my ranking? Yeah, yeah. I say, like, would you, would you say it's appropriate or? I would put it number five. Really? really? Yeah. Put, uh, Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith higher? I put Clone Wars higher. I know. More. Yeah. I like Clone Wars more than I like Revenge of the Sith. Oh, wait. Are we counting Clone Wars? The, the series? series? Or no, Attack I of the Clones? I mean, sorry. Attack of the Clones. Really? I actually really like Attack of the Clones. I know. 
Let's move, well. Let's move this mic away. Well, uh, we're going to end this right now. Well, we're going to well kill that. This is the first and last time Rob's going to be on this show. Yeah. Shannon, I believe her. Okay, um, best I, I, moment. Off in, mic, I want to hear, hear reasons. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll explain our feelings of Killing Joke. All right, best moment. Uh, yeah, like I, I still enjoy this and I still watch this and I think it's a beautiful looking movie. Get it on Blu ray. It's gorgeous. So happy it was shot on film and everything like that. Best moment and least favorite moment. Ah, best moment. Um, whew, whew, it's hard because there is a lot of good moments in this movie. Um, I think the moment that really got me giddy was the introduction of the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. and that initial dogfight sequence through the uh, destroyed Star Cruiser. Yeah, and over Jakku, and then when like that when the gun gets disabled and how Ray instinctively knows how to take down that last TIE fighter. I thought that was like one of the best parts of this movie mm-hmm. per, for me because that was the most emotional I got watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, besides Han Solo dying. Worst part of the movie, C-3PO. He's in it just for that stupid fucking joke. You couldn't have a quiet moment between Han and Leia. You just had to like, oh, Han Solo, it's me again. I'm recreating. But, the- but that that is in character because you have the first kiss they have, and like, yeah, like, but that's I, a re- I rerouted the power. I know, but that's a rehash from Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. There's no reason C-3PO should be ever in this movie. I mean, I'm yes, it would suck having a Star Wars movie and not have all the original cast back in it. Mm. But at the same time, you don't need them. Right. It is just frustrating because you need, I thought there you took away some screen time, some screen time between two characters that really needed screen time together. Mm-hmm. Rob. So I think I have a couple favorite moments and they all involve Finn and Poe Dameron on screen together because <laughs> their chemistry is just awesome. Like, yeah. They're so good together. We're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they're like any scene they're all, they're on, it's always awesome. Always yeah, awesome to see. And probably my least favorite moment is. <sighs> can, I, can I punt? Can we go? Can we go to Tim? Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Um, I think what I think my favorite moment is probably it's after the dog fight. And it's Ray and Finn running up to each other and both talking over each other, mm-hmm. yeah, complimenting each other. And it's just a very sweet moment like that. Um, and, of course, like Han and Leia seeing each other for the very first time. Just that quiet moment of them seeing each other. And you're just so happy that they're back together. Sure, it, the moment, the emotion is undercut with C-3PO popping up. I understand that. Least least moment is maybe having Luke in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we would have been upset not seeing him since he was the very first line of the crawl. But I would have accepted that. Like, all right, now the search is on to go find him. Yeah. But, and it's just kind of like him not saying anything or not hearing him talk to Rey during that battle, like Obi-Wan talked to Luke or mm-hmm. something like that via the Force. Yeah. That could have worked or anything like that. And another another really cool moment is like when uh, Finn and Poe blast their way out of the Star Destroyer and mm-hmm. TIE Fighter, and it has that moment like, Wow, this thing really moves. Like, never has a TIE fighter looked so cool. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I mean, like, that looks just – TIE fighters always look so dainty and everything like that. And it looks like they could be blown up so easily. But that looks so awesome. Kind of like also there's the stealth uh, TIE fighters in Star Wars video game Rebel Assault 2 mm-hmm. that, yeah. and everything like that. That always look – I always love the look of them. Wow, we've gone really deep and everything like that there. <laughs> anyway, we're going to wrap this up real quick now. 
Now, I hope everybody's enjoyed this commentary track to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Hope we talked about the movie long enough and hope we didn't insult you too much either. So, what? Uh, also, if you've decided on it, at least no yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's the scene where uh, Ray sort of discovers the lightsaber because I think it was such an opportunity to tell good backstory and like it just was so muddled and I didn't know how it's something to be paid up later. Yeah, and so, but again, it, it, that's I feel like that's a running maybe theme through my own thoughts is just like we'll see what happens. Right. It's like we know we're getting a sequel, so we can we don't have to pay this off now, mm-hmm. which is like a diamond on Hollywood as in general. Now, if you want to. If people want to follow us on social media, Rob, if you want people to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's all I am. I'm under my name, nope. Robert Effinger. That's it. I'm, I'm not a social media guy. Okay, Dakota, if they want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? So you can find me on Facebook, Deviant, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, Dakota Wiegand or DWiegand1. You can also find me on DeviantArt where I post all my reviews and some original, original fan art. Um, under DW Drawings, but you can also check out all my blogs, uh, my blog, Cartoon Binge Watch, uh, at cartoonbinge.blogspot.com, where I post every Monday for a new blog, mm-hmm. a new review of a cartoon series that I review start to finish. This past week, I posted the review of Archer. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you've been recently posted you've been making artwork based upon our Pottercast that you, Nikki, and I have been doing. Yeah, so if you want to check out some... Some inside jokes, uh, like drawn out. Go over to my uh, DW draw, DW uh, mm. to check out all the Harry Potter Potter well the Potter cast comics as I call them. Mm. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter on two accounts. You can find me on Timothy Rooney Two, which is my personal account. Uh, Anything goes, which is the name of this podcast. You can follow that Twitter page at Ginger Geek Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at trooney1012. And follow my Facebook and YouTube page under the Through the Lens Productions. My latest short film, Dead Love, which Dakota gracefully, uh, gratefully helped me with, Hello. is up there. We're close to 200 views. Hopefully we get the 200 views before one week. So I'm happy about that. Um, and obviously follow this podcast on SoundCloud.com. Hopefully I'll get it onto iTunes very soon. I just need to get artwork to put in there. To, that's like the only thing that's keeping me from mm-hmm. on iTunes. I need artwork to be on my page. As Tim directly looks at me. It's got to be just a certain dimension. That's all. Okay. And then we'll we'll have that we'll have that on iTunes, so you can finally subscribe to us and have it on your iPod with no problems or anything like that. Yay! So, all right, fellas, I want to thank you again for taking part of this podcast. No problem. Uh, Rob, it's obviously very good to see you. We haven't seen each other since college, and that's a that's a that is a crying shame on both of our, both of our parts. It's okay. You were you're being a graduate student, so I can't really I can't really knock you for it. Yeah, if anyone wants to read my thesis, you can email me. But I'm gonna watermark it because I'm I've been to school and I learned. <laughs> uh, and hope everyone's enjoyed this podcast of uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Commentary. I know. I get it. It's good. Anything goes. And anything fucking went on this goddamn commentary. All right. I hope everyone's enjoyed this podcast and God stay stay tuned for more. <laughs> Geek and Pop Culture Podcast coming at D-Wave very soon. (laughs) Good night, everybody.